Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Connecting to the big show. In three, two, one. Yesterday morning with the lousy weather and the start to those roadworks in Carrigaline, you could have predicted it would be shaky. This morning, road conditions perfect, a beautiful, clear spring morning, and it is bananas down there. Absolutely bananas. Uh, Wayne Hilton is still with us. Wayne. Can you bring me up to speed? Just how bad is it? Just remind people again what they've done. Morning. Yeah, good morning, PJ. Absolutely. This is a 24-hour road closure, and you might be familiar with the stretch of road. It's just by just by the rock in Carrigaline, if you are travelling out, uh, passing, say, St. Mary's Church, out by the rock towards Coolmore, and then a lot of traffic would use that. There's a lot of pharmaceuticals and businesses in Ringuskiddy. They'd head out that way, they'd, they'd pass Coolmore, and they'd be travelling out there. That road is now essentially closed. It closed yesterday. The closure's meant to be for two months until the 19th of May at 6pm before it reopens, so it's a 24-hour closure, and as a result of what I can see, just the volume is too great for traffic. It's using the alternative route of five, but that's by the Santa Park roundabout towards San Valley towards Ring of Skiddy, but, uh, but there's a lot of traffic trying to use that road at the same time, i.e. to get there in the mornings and the evenings, and the road just can't take it. And that's why we still have these queues right now up Carries Hill, queued more or less at a standstill all the way down because it can't move from the Shannon Park roundabout. It's the same situation for traffic that will be the Carrigaline side. They normally use that road coming in along Coolmore by the Rock out towards Ring of Skiddy. So now they're travelling and queued also before you reach Glenwood, out then towards Janesville, then the Shannon Park roundabout. So all that's being affected. Ballonray Cross having an effect there as well. And also now the other side as well, Raffine Village. People coming from Monkstown or turning at Hilltown to try and make their way down Raffine Hill. They're all cute. They're all backed up and they're all going nowhere. It's absolutely crazy. Wayne, thank you for that. Uh, Wayne Hilton summing up the mess. My husband works in Ring Skiddy. He left home on Commons Road at 6 o'clock to get to work for 7.30. He's still 
in traffic. Left Ballancolic at 6.15, still not in Ring of Skiddy. Left home at half six, still in traffic two hours later on Cars Hill. Just got the ferry from Cove, traffic backed up to Monkstown. A living Carrigal line left my house at 7.30, got to the two garages, the two petrol stations at 8.40, 8.45. It's ridiculous. I've just turned around and come home for a bit. We can't have this for two months. Traffic bad per usual on Rochestown Road, well be- before the garage, heading towards Douglas. Left Glanmire at 10 past six, have only now turned onto the Ring of Skiddy Road. It goes on, it goes on, it goes on. We know this is waterworks. We know this is essential waterworks. But uh, Councillor Seamus McGrath, did you ever realise or was any forward planning done to know how bad it was going to be? Good morning. Good morning, PJ. Thanks for having me on. Look, I think Wayne has outlined the situation very well there. It is absolute carnage out there. Uh, it was yesterday. And to be honest, it, it seems even worse this morning. Um and look, it's not sustainable. This needs to come to an end today. Irish Water need to be decisive and bring this to an end. Uh, and they need to plan better for the future. Um, my own view is this needs to be rescheduled during the summer months when you have less traffic on the road. Obviously, you have schools off, but people also are on holidays. I would I would say you have possibly 20-25% less traffic on the road during the summer. Um, and it needs to be done then with a better traffic management plan in place. What's going on at the moment? Has to come to an end. Um, we have raised it with Irish Water. We raised it yesterday. Mm. There were excuses given, oh, look, there was bad weather, there was a road collision, there was poor signage, you know, none of that was material. None of that made any huge significant difference. It's a sheer volume of traffic issue. You're reducing the road network, you're taking a regional road out of the equation, and it's just led to absolute carnage. I've seen videos, photographs this morning, people, you know, from 6.30, to be perfectly honest, you know, traffic was beginning to crawl, and then it came to a standstill within 15 minutes. Um, and as Wayne outlined, it's all roads leading yeah. to Ringeskiddy. It's all roads within the vicinity from Passage to Monkstone, Ballon Ray Cross. You know, all roads are impacted. Uh, it has It's having a ripple effect. So, look, Irish Water are in charge of this project. They need to act on it. We are raising it with senior management in Irish Water. I, I believe a decision has to be made today. Um, yeah. There was some suggestion yesterday that they would tweak it a little bit by starting later on a Monday, leaving the road up for the weekend, starting later on a Monday, finishing early on a Friday. So, in effect, that reduces the pain from five days to four days, but that's not good enough. Uh, yeah. That's absolutely not good enough. Seamus, it is an Irish Water project. We know that that work is essential, but surely they would have come to the county council first to outline this plan. It didn't go ahead yes. without you knowing about it, surely? No, it, they had to get a road closure licence from Cork County Council. Um, we became aware of that last week uh, as elected members. So, you know, these road closure licences are submitted on a regular basis for various types of work, as you can appreciate. Most of them are, are not significant. Um, so, yeah, they would have they would have submitted a road closure licence to Park County Council. That was issued to them. That was granted by, by the council executive. Um, we were informed about that after the decision. And as soon as I got that, I knew there was going to be issues with this. Um, but to be perfectly honest, I, I, I don't think many people foresaw the extent of the, of the knock-on effect that this was having. But there's clear evidence there now. This is day two. Um, it's a good weather morning. Um, you know, there are no road collisions that I'm aware of. So it, this is just a pure volume of traffic mm. issue. So just, just um, to clarify, the elected members, this would have been done without the elected members knowing about it. So you're coming at it after the fact. But surely somebody in the planning department or somebody in the right department at County Hall had to know, Seamus, that if you close no, that road, there'll be madness. 
Yeah, look, I believe so. I believe it was clearly the wrong decision. I believe the council weren't um, as rigorous as they should have been in terms of looking for a traffic management plan, looking for clear uh, clear details on how this is going to work. Um, look, I, it was a wrong decision. No yeah. two ways about it. Is there a thing? Can um, it be reversed? Can it be reversed? Can they be told it can, back off? It can. I believe it can be withdrawn. It can be. Look, there are intense discussions going on. To be fair, we raised the issue as an urgent item at the council meeting yesterday morning in County Hall. To be fair, the head of roads came on and addressed us. Uh, he did say he's in detailed discussions with Irish Water. It is an Irish Water project, and at this point in time, they have the license, so they are the license holder, but they need to recognise that this is not working. They need to recognise that this is causing huge reputational damage for them. As and does the Roads need. Department have the powers to phone them up and say, sorry, lads, we need to think again? Does it have that they power? Do. I believe they do, PJ, speaking to some senior people in County Council yesterday. I believe that option is there, but they're obviously working intensely to try and get Irish Water to recognise this and as the project uh, lead that they would ask them to back off on this. Um, but, but yes, there is that power, I believe, to withdraw simply because it is having such a seismic impact on the road uh, the road network this morning in terms of traffic. Would they, have had the to submit, yeah. would they have had to submit a safety statement, a safety plan, health and safety plan? With regards there would, to this? There, would, there, there, there would have been details submitted, but clearly not sufficient. And I did see the road closure decision. I asked for it um, a number of days ago and I got it. And there were a couple of special conditions that the road would open on weekends because it isn't being worked on at weekends. Um, and also that local access would be facilitated. But look, that's not sufficient. You know, we can clearly see that's not sufficient. Um, so this, this, this needs to be just ended now because there's no way of tweaking this. There's no way of... Um, you know, just coming up with a few changes here and there. They need to go back to the drawing board. They need to end this. They need to carry out the work during a quieter time of the year. And we know that is the summertime. Uh, mm-hmm. I know school traffic isn't necessarily significant in, in the grand scheme of it, but what it does result in is people going on holidays, less people travelling to work and so on like that. Um, so that is It also gives you the option, Seamus, of a longer day when you have, you know, you, you're bright from 6 a.m. Exactly, exactly. And I suppose that's the other thing. Look, you know, it's five day working week is proposed, which isn't acceptable either. Having the road open the weekend isn't much of a give to commuters. At the end of the day, the traffic in the weekend is nowhere near the traffic during the week. So that really isn't significant. Like if they are going to go on the road, they need to go on the road full steam ahead, get the job done. But that should be during a quieter time of the road when there's less traffic on the road. Or sorry, quieter time of the year when there's less traffic on the road okay. and get the job done. Um, but with a traffic management plan in place as well. And they have to communicate with the factories, for example, which hasn't happened, PJ. And that's the other significant yeah. issue. This, this sounds to me, yesterday. this sounds to me, Seamus, like Irish Water or Ishka Aaron or whatever they call themselves this week. And I don't wish to be disparaging to anybody there. But this just sounds to be, to me, as if they're throwing their weight around a little bit. Well, look, we had representatives from the industry on to us yesterday, people representing over 7,000 employees in the Ring and area. It is a strategic employment base, as we all know, and it seems to me that there was little or no consultation in advance in relation to this, which is just unacceptable and indefensible, let's yeah. be honest about it. So, look, Irish Water has got it wrong. They, they're, look, let's be straight. They're trying to do a good thing here. They're trying to rehabilitate yes. a water main that has broke yes. several times in the last year. We know that it's work that needs to be done. We're grateful to have the work done, but it needs to be planned better. It needs to be done at a quieter time of the year with a pro- proper traffic plan in place. And so, look, we want them to come back and do this work, absolutely, because it has that water main has broken almost on a monthly basis in the last couple of months. So it is work that needs to be done, okay. but let's do it properly and let's do it in a way that doesn't impact on so many people like it is now. Well, Seamus, will you keep us up to speed as to whether there's a change going to be happening in the short term? Thank you for that. That's a local councillor, Seamus McGrath. So 
he and other local councillors now calling on Irish Water to back off and stop and maybe even on the roads department to withdraw the road closure licence because of the carnage that has been caused. James, you drive a school bus. What's your experience this morning? <laughs> and that's the first bus stop on, in Carrick Lane at 8 o'clock. Yes. And I'm still not through Carrick Lane. I hear. It's and I'm going to road some college. Do you, where is the first bus stop? Is it towards the... Uh, Kilmooney Stores. I know it well. So that's the first bus stop, and you're not out of the village yet? I just uh, met by Colgan's garage. Good Lord. In an hour and a quarter? Yes, sir. It isn't even ten minutes it's, drive, it's, like? It's, it's, it's a car park. How many kids are on the bus, James? There'll be, when I, normally there'll be anything up to a hundred kids. Right. And have you a full bus this morning? No, because I'm going to have the bus stop connected there. Right, okay, yeah. That's what, uh, that's what I'm bringing to be road and up into Moonstone and all, yes. Great, all right. Yeah, yeah. I hope that none of them will get in trouble with their school principals or their <laughs> teachers or that no one going to work will get in trouble with their boss this morning. Well, it's a school kid they have. Right, okay, okay. He left. That's not the best line in the world and he's going to have to move that bus soon. But when he gets an opportunity. But Kilmoney Stores, if you know it, I do. He left Kilmoney Stores at eight bells and he's still not out of Carrigaline at 17 minutes past nine. That is, as Seamus McGrath said, unsustainable. Helena. Good morning, PJ. We have another problem. Morning. Hi. Well, anybody heading from the tunnel towards the Kingsale Road roundabout, there are two cars and two vans after having an accident, you know, where they're building the bridge connecting the Tremor Valley Park. Yeah. With, yeah, yeah. So their traffic there is very, very heavy and backed up. The traffic coming from the other direction are all looking, so they're rubbernecking. So let's hope there's not another one there. Oh, this is not good. This is not good. All right, thank you very much, Helena. So that's that accident now adding to problems over near where they're doing the new bridge across from... Frankfield over to Tremor Valley. That's going to be brilliant when it's finished just as a by-the-by. We have a voice message. You can do that too if you're stuck in the traffic or trying to negotiate your way through the traffic. 83 396 96 for a text or for a WhatsApp voice message. Uh, it's Paul, is it? I get, Paul, yeah. DJ, they were able to close Proby's Key there last week at night and open it during the day. Do a small bit of walk at night, then cover it up, close it up, and open the road again for a day's walk. Why can't they do it down there? Good question, Paul. Billy? Hiya. You left Black Rock at 10 to 7. Where are you now? Just coming on to Shannon Park roundabout. Sweet God. Yeah. It's twenty past. It's twenty past nine. You'd be in Dublin faster. I'm telling you, I would. Sir. That's ridiculous. And you're going to work in Ringeskiddy. Yeah. Have you been on to your boss? Uh, not yet. I'd I'm sorry you hear me. <laughs> you know, no, Mr. Billy's Billy, Billy's boss. Please be nice to Billy. She's been sitting in the car longer than it would take her to drive to Dublin. Yeah. That's utterly ridiculous. All right. Uh, when, when when do you expect to get there? Like, it's not moving at all, Ethan. No, no movement at all, at all. None that ever was. Freaky. No. All right, okay. Thanks, Billy, for that. 
Good luck getting to work, and I hope your boss is a, is a nice person and will give you the break that you deserve. Moved about 500 metres in an hour and a half on Cars Hill, says Alison. Asked them to fix the craters on the airport road, the Kinsale side, before there's an accident. Council don't care. What will you do about it? No one will be accountable. Tough, says Paul. OK. Uh, this would only happen in Ireland, says Rock. My husband worked, yeah, uh, left, left, what? Left Commons Road at 6am to get to work for half seven in Ring of Skiddy and is still stuck in traffic. Let's remind ourselves what Councillor Seamus McGrath said. The road closure licence was issued by the council without consultation with the local reps. That's how these things happen. The local reps have now got a copy of the road closure licence Seamus McGrath is asking for that licence to either be revoked or for Irish water, Ishka Aaron, whatever they call themselves this week. And yes, I am being smart arsed about that because it costs us money every time they change their name. Um, he, that This work needs to stop. Needs to stop, needs to be rescheduled, needs to be done at a different time. Uh, my daughter got on the bus for MTU at seven this morning and has only just gone through the Shannon Park roundabout. She had an exam at nine, which, thank God, has been rescheduled to 11. Hopefully she'll make that. So two hours and 20 minutes in a bus already this morning. Left Turners Cross at half past six, working in Ring of Skiddy. I'm still not there. If you were in a taxi, the fare would be bigger than the national debt. You're not wrong. I left Kilnagleary Industrial Park at quarter to nine. I'm now at the Bank of Ireland in Carrigaline, says Paddy. Hi PJ, does anybody from the County Council live in these areas? Where do these guys live? Not to know what the closure will cause and use common sense? Or is it that they just don't care? Cop on, please. And we are just inundated with people stuck in this carnage. Carnage, absolute carnage for the second day. They've closed the road between Carrigline and Ringeskiddy, one of the back roads there a commonly used back road. It's essential water work. We know that. It has to be done. But we've got people who've been sitting in their car for two and a half hours on the way to work. 0818 96 96 96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. turned down playing King Charles's coronation along with a growing line of stars this is my theory on this right yeah. is that people are not going to play King Charles's coronation because they're taking Harry and Meghan's side in the whole thing of course they're all going to want to be virtue signalling there's going to be nobody left the Wolfstones hello could you sing the song Black and Tans it's about a sunbed it's a tanning shop Casey and Ross in the morning you can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda Sales Dealer of the Year. Exclusively Skoda in the City. PJ, could Irish Water not start their work at a quarter past nine and finish it at four o'clock? No rush hour, says Anne. I suppose they could, but they could also do it at a better time of the year where you have longer days, no school traffic, 
which means no one out that has to be out unless they're going to work or something. But it's a thought, Anne. And let's just remind ourselves of what Councillor Seamus McGrath has said this morning. We have a few more local councillors contacting us, but I think Seamus has spoken for them all when he says that this needs end needs to stop, needs to be rescheduled and needs to be done as a matter of urgency. He has promised to come back to us if there's any development on that during the day. Coveney, McGrath and Martin are to blame for traffic in Carrigaline. It's been the fastest growing town in Ireland for years. One road in and one road out, says Paddy. Right? And you have a very good point. Carrigaline has been expanding for years. I remember when they started digging foundations and turning sods for Janeville. I remember taking calls on this programme from people who were worried about the implications of that number of houses leading onto a relatively narrow road. I do remember that. I remember living in Carrigline myself in the 90s, and you had to be really careful about the time you got out of your house in the morning to get into work, because if you weren't, you'd be late even back then. So, Paddy, you have a point. Fastest growing town in Ireland for years. And they've only just opened. I We drove it Saturday afternoon. Uh, just went for a spin to see it. And, man, that new that new bypass road is just brilliant in behind Supervalley. Now, they waited long enough for it, to be quite honest. It took long enough to happen. But it's there and it's brilliant. But it ain't happening anything or helping anything this morning. I live in the area. I need to bring my father, my elderly father, to an outpatient appointment in CUH. I'm now hoping I won't miss it. I'm also worried about emergency vehicles if anything should happen down there. Yeah, what? There is a thing now. What if, and I'm I'm not wanting to scare anybody or anything like that, but I'm just asking a question. What if you had an emergency at a factory or some kind of a plant in Ringeskiddy or that area of the harbour that would involve an emergency plan. What would you do now if you had that? What would happen now if you had that? That's a very scary thought, actually, now that somebody raises it. Seeing as the government is always saying things like the polluter should pay, shouldn't there be a charge or compensation for delays imposed by roadworks to make companies more careful and they were drawing up plans like this. I'm not inclined, even though I'm given out about them and it sounds to me like they don't really care, but I'm not, in, I'm not inclined to see Irish Water as the offender here. And the more I think about it in the last few minutes, they have a job to do. It's important work. We need it done because there are regular sewage issues on that road and regular leaks and water mains breaking and leaking and all that. The work is essential and must be done. I'm more concerned about who decided it was a good idea in the roads department and who, when they saw the application in front of them, didn't think of the geography, didn't think of the local traffic footprint, didn't have and didn't have sufficient local either didn't have sufficient local knowledge which you'd forgive or didn't care if you wouldn't, which you wouldn't. Yeah. Martina, my husband left Montanati at 6.25. He's still on the road to Ring a Skiddy. That's an email to opinion at 96fm.
Ie. As I say, we are inundated, absolutely inundated. I'll come back to this, I promise, because it's going to be with us. And if we have any more information from Seamus McGrath before the end of the programme, we'll come back to him. Seamus, as you heard him say, is pushing now for the licence to be revoked and pushing for the work to be stopped immediately so that we can get back to some kind of normality and maybe reschedule it for the summer. I promise I'll come back to it. But I want to go to Claire. Now, Claire, this was a special birthday for your partner, a roundy birthday, shall we say, and you were going back to a place that you know well, so you weren't expecting any surprises. Am I right in all that, Claire? Morning. Morning. Yes. Um, we've been there before, so he wanted to just go away and not have a big party. Yeah. So we knew when we were booking that the time of the year it would be kind of expensive. Yeah. And we decided, like the last time we went there, there was all school kids there and everything, so we said we'd go for September. Yes. When all the kids go back to school. So we went into the travel agency, booked this, couldn't fault them. But when we landed in the hotel in Malaga, the place is a beautiful place. Don't get me wrong. It was a lovely hotel. Mm-hmm. We still enjoy it. We want to go back there. But when we went into the room, we found a few things wrong with the room. We've all been there, I, I think, yeah. anyway, lots of people. So y- you do what you do. You go to reception and see, can they sort it out for you? Yes, so as, like, we had an early flight that morning, so just wanted to settle in, just get some catch-up sleep, just relax into the place. And it's just throughout the day and the next morning that we found out, well, I found certain things um, wrong. And it was the next morning that I went down and mentioned these issues. Yes. Was, and they couldn't uh, push us into another room because they were fully booked. Yeah. So and some of the stuff you told us about, the kettle wouldn't switch itself off. Describe it for me. What else did you find? Um, when you come in the hallway, there was moulds up on the ceiling, uh, mould in the bedroom. There was a crack on the top of the the oven. Yeah, yeah. Uh, there was a crack on the microwave. Mm-hmm. And there was a plug that was coming away from the uh, wall. From, yeah. from the wall. Yeah. Um, I think you have a picture of that. Yes, um, you sent you sent us some pictures. It certainly isn't up to scratch. Like I said, it's happened to us all. We've got away. We found a room that wasn't what we wanted. We gone to reception, and generally it gets itself sorted between that and the travel company. It gets done. But did you get sorted? No, in the hotel we didn't get sorted. So I rang the travel agency the day before we came back, and they said send on all the information. But the hotel came back as giving us an upgrade. Um. We weren't happy with that because we have to still pay for everything going out there again. Hold on. The, the, the hotel said they had upgraded you or if you come back, we will upgrade you? If uh, we went back, that they'll upgrade us to a different room. Okay. So we weren't happy with that. Um, the main thing that was kind of a concern to me while we were out there was the balcony. What was the matter with the balcony? 
balcony was up above the balcony above us. There was a massive crack um, going from the lint of the balcony and it was leaking. Um, our balcony was cracked and the handrail was coming off us and so it's just, I just didn't feel safe on it. Yes, yes. Um, and this was all brought up. And it's just, like, we'd like to go back there again. Yes. We'd love to go there again. Yeah, you, 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 you keep saying, Claire, you love the area. Malaga's gorgeous. You love the actual hotel. You've been there before. You just had a bad experience here, but yes. you can't seem to get a, a proper response. Yes. What is it that you'd like the agency or the hotel to do for you? Well, the agency have been very good. They're back and forth with these suppliers. Yeah. But it's just even to say the next time you come out, we'll give you an all-inclusive or... And maybe an apology. And you'd still be willing to go back to this hotel in Malaga, yeah? Yes, because we love this. We were willing to go back. But even to give us a, a reference number or something, say, look, the next time you come, give this reference number. Oh, oh I get it. You want you want the agency to say, look, this couple want to come back. They, they love the hotel. Just can we put a note on their file that when they do come back, they get well looked after next time? A recognition, look, we're sorry for what you experienced. It shouldn't have happened. And, and, and no one said that at the time at any at any point, no? no? No. The only thing they did say was we can't move you, the hotel is full. Yes. So you would go again, but you'd like your travel agent to maybe mark the file for you. How are you getting along with that one? No, the travel agency are very good. They've said, look, we'll try and do our best with you. I know, I know. And the disappointment as well. You went out for a very special birthday and it wasn't the grand, the nicest room in the house. Yes. When we landed back here in Ireland, we were told that we had to wait for 28 days for a response. Yeah. So they were slow to get back to us. Um, so I sent him an email on the 3rd of November. Had no response. Um, so on the 30th of November, they came back with an email saying for the upgrade, which we said, look, not happy with it. So they said, let get back to us. So we didn't hear anything from them. So over the weekend, I emailed them and said, look, you meant to get back to us. What's going on? And Did someone offer you €134 Euro or something? The travel agency came back and said that the hotel is offering €134. Euros. We, um, we paid one t- over 1200 um, we just found that it was kind of a bit of a slap in the face. Like, we wouldn't have that much money to spend, especially the way things have gone in the country and everything, to fork out that much money and get 134 euros back from the hotel. Yeah. It's kind of a bit of an insult. You're saying the travel agency have been very good with you? Yes, they've been very patient. and <laughs> very good. All right. Well, it's the time of year, Claire, when people are booking... And I think we've had many, many stories in the past of people who were disappointed by a hotel room. Generally, I've been there myself, generally it gets sorted. We got moved at one point. We arrived in this lovely hotel, but the room they put us into had an air conditioning plant tacked onto the back of it. Yes. And it was leaking. So they said, would you put up with it for one night? We'll move you tomorrow. And you want to see what they gave us. That's what should happen. 
Yes, we did not get any of that. No. All right. It's good talking to you here, Claire, and hopefully something will work out. Perfect. Thank you, PJ. No problem. No problem. Hope it does work out. You're sometimes unlucky. You go to a place, the room isn't up to scratch, the apartment isn't what you expected. You go to reception. One of a couple of things happens. You get sorted quickly and efficiently and with a smile. That has happened to us. You don't get sorted and you have to suck it up. That has also <laughs> happened to us. Um, whether you can get any satisfaction afterwards through the travel agency, that kind of depends. I see where their travel agency are doing their best for for Claire and her partner. We'll see how that one works out. 0818 96 96 96. Margaret or Mags was on. My gang walked to school this morning. Yes, they did, Desmond. Oh, let it go, Mags. Put the claws back, girl. The place is like a car park. Something has to be done about it. And Sam, Sam Jeffers, the idea that the council couldn't predict this traffic is just wrong. A year ago, the same road had worked on it for several weeks with a one-way light system. Even then, the traffic was ridiculous. They had the evidence already and they just seemed to have ignored it. We now also have, according to Paul, oh God, a four-car crash on the Carrig Line to Kinsale Road. 0818-969696. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Seems to be no move and we are still getting messages from people who left work at 6 o'clock, half 6, 7 o'clock, half 7 left for work, from Ballancolig, from Douglas, from... Glanmire, from Black Rock, from the north side of the city, from wherever you want to go yourself. And they are nowhere near getting to work. Nowhere near getting to where they need to be. Doesn't help that Carrigaline entry into Shannon Park, the trap, was realigned recently. Before you could have at least 15 cars in the lane for Ring of Skiddy. Now it's only three. So if the traffic is heavy, it just backs up into Carrigaline. Oh yeah, they put a filter in. Filters are grand when they work. Filters are great when they work, but when they don't work, uh-huh. 0818969696. Now, we spoke about this recently with Vincent Cashman at the Cork Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. And at the time, I was saying, what is the world going to? The dog wardens have to wear body cams and that ain't to protect them from the dogs, Vincent Cashman. They started wearing them last Friday. Morning. Good morning, PJ. So you equipped them all from last Friday? Well, we started to use them on um, call-outs for the last, I suppose, two, three weeks, right? Now, the dog wardens pick them up here in the mornings from the base and um, they wear them depending on the nature of the call themselves. So if they think they're going into, we'd say some of the calls we will get now might be repeats. So, or if we know we're going to get abuse at the door, so then the dog wardens will put on the cameras. But last week was the first time we started using them in the parks. Because believe it or not, it's the parks where our dog wardens get the most abuse. Public parks? Yes. Wow. What kind of things happen? Um, they've been threatened with hurleys, uh, walking sticks, um, threatened to be hit with dog leashes, um, dog feces to be thrown at them, um, pushed and shoved. Uh, 
Um, for doing what? Just going about their work, Vincent, is it? They're just going about their work. Now, what we've done all along, PJ, is we have asked people there to come along and just very, very simply put their dog on a leash. Yeah. Now, all the, the, the bylaws in Cork City, the Control Dogs Act states that um, your dog must be kept under effectual control. Mm-hmm. Now, the bylaws in the city state that your dog must be kept on a lead at all times, yes. which is effectual control is a, is a better method, PJ. Because effectual control, comes, you come along there and you can say, right, my dog is great recall. Mm. But if a fight breaks out or if the dog is chasing something or decides to run off, um, good recall may not obviously work. So yeah. if, you're, if you're keeping the dog on the lead, at least you have control over your dog. Yes. Like if you take my two dogs, Vincent, two ordinary harmless old dogs, one of them will come back at the first call of his name. Always. The second, yes. she's only gone for a wander. <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah. Her own name is just yeah. an annoying sound. But if that's if yes. like that way, you, you've got to keep. You can't rely in a stressful situation. You can't rely on it. No, and I mean, we'll say even with with the, the rise in sheep sheep kills over yes. the last couple of months, and um, we we we're, you're, you're you're getting an increase in the number of people getting attacked by dogs. And we look. One of our guys was out doing parks on on Saturday, and he was asked the question, "Look, have you nothing better to be doing with your time?" And he simply said, "Yes, I do, but I have to be in the parks mm. because you're not keeping your dogs under control." So, some of the parks, uh, one of the parks in particular, Ski Harv Road, um, is devoid of children. Mm-hmm. And I was asked by one in the, one person using the park, "Should we, we we never see kids in the park anymore? Why can't we leave the dogs off the lead?" And I said, you don't see kids in the park anymore because you have your dog off the lead. <laughs> People are afraid to use the, the park or bring their kids to it. And even the grass areas, they're, they're not picking up properly. Um, one park in particular looked like a minefield because the dogs had dug it up. I know City Council, had, had the, the parks department had gone and refilled the holes. 24 hours later, the holes were re-dug again. So even the dog owner can see their dogs digging the holes, but wouldn't even go back over and, and put the soil back into the hole. Mm. Um, we're, we're, we're in favour, and, and I think everybody is in favour of having a dog park. Yeah. But the, 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 the rules regarding it would have to be so strict. The only way it's going to work is if you have um, pet insurance, more or less using it. Because if there's an accident... If somebody gets bitten or a dog gets attacked, it's not, we'll say, City Hall that is responsible. It is you, the dog owner, who is responsible for any actions or problems that your dog creates. And yeah. that's not the case at the moment. Yeah. With regard to, to letting a dog off of the lead, Vincent, let's, if we could, clarify the situation. I love to take my dog away out into a field with a ball. And take him off and let him run up and down with the ball in a quiet, secluded, out-of-the-way place. Am I breaking the law when I do that, strictly speaking? Okay. If in the parks, anywhere in the parks, on the public highways, footpaths, anything that is under, under the auspices of Cork City Council, your dog must be kept on a lead. Right. In the county areas, now, having said that, a lot of the local authorities are going with the Cork model, the Cork City model, as in your dog must be kept under effectual control, as in with on a lead. That's mm-hmm. the, they're changing the, they can change the bylaw that the 
dog must be kept on a lead. In, we'll say, some areas at the moment, the effectual control rule still works. As in, you can say, my dog has great recall. But if your dog attacks another dog or goes off killing sheep or attacks a, a, a person, then you are responsible for those dogs' actions, whereas you've taken the control method out of it. Yes. Whereas if the dog was on a lead, you could prevent him from going into the field after the sheep. You can prevent him from um, biting someone or pulling back from another dog. And even a lot of cases, we're getting people that their dogs are getting attacked even while on the lead by dogs off the lead. Yes. Yes. And then it gets it gets it gets it gets messy after that, PJ, because ordinarily you could end up with people and we were dealing with a case there not too long ago, um, where this couple were walking their dogs and they ended up with a thousand euro veterinary bill. Because their dogs were attacked. That is unfair to expect somebody else then to to foot the bill, even though it was your dog that did the damage. Mm-hmm. It's unfair to do it, you know? Yeah. And you're and the, the the opposition and the defiance of your wardens doesn't help, as in them being opposed and defied. Yes, because we'll say we can we can all see the sense. Every all of our dog wardens are dog owners. Mm. Um, one of our dog wardens has been involved with dogs over thirty odd years. So I mean, it's it's not that we're that we can see the benefits of leaving your dog off the lead. I mean, as one person said last week, where are we meant to take our dog for a run? Just walk the dog for longer. Mm. So, I mean, if it's not, we're not saying it's the, it's the, the best solution, mm. but it is the only solution when you see the evidence of what's, we'll say, potential damage or damage that has been caused by dogs off the lead in the city. Yeah. And particularly since COVID, where dog ownership went through the roof. And it doesn't have to be... Uh a so-called, I use that word carefully, a so-called dangerous breed. Your, your ordinary family mutt, wrongly stimulated, can be just as dangerous. Am I right? Any dog, PJ, you're, you're right there. Any dog has the potential to bite. Any dog has the potential uh, to do damage. Small, medium or large. Yeah. Uh, some of the restricted breeds, um, I mean, Staffordshire Terrier, the, the problem with the restricted breeds is you'll get very few bites from a Staffordshire Terrier. They're normally a very, very placid, very, very friendly dog. But what you end up with is if they do decide to bite, the damage that they can cause with that bite. Mm, It's a very dangerous bite. Actually, we've had a message in uh, from Alana Vincent. She's saying, getting so annoyed with all of these gobshites, that's her word, walking around with Rottweilers and pit bulls and no muzzles. It's wholesale. We were in Farron Woods Playground recently. There was a lady swanning around with a vicious looking dog and no muzzle on it. Can Vincent or his colleagues fine people for not having muzzles on their dogs or what's the story? If, we'll just say for argument's sake, if you're, if you have a restricted breed, mm. on a technicality, uh, PJ, we can find, if, you, if you're walking your dog in a park, for argument's sake, your dog is off the lead, you can be, there's a fine there of 100 euros. Now, the dog warden can give an on-the-spot fine. It is an offence under the Control of Dogs Act not to give your name and address to a dog warden. If there is, hence the reason we're wearing cameras as well, um, and the guards are more than happy to help us if we're we're dealing with a person who doesn't want to cooperate. 
if the the fine for having a dog off your lead is a hundred euros, we'd say with the restricted side, the restricted breeds. If your dog doesn't have a, with all breeds actually, if your dog doesn't have a license, it's a hundred euro fine. If your dog doesn't have ID tags on its collar, it's a hundred euro fine. The restricted breeds walk by somebody under the age of 16, it's another hundred euro fine. And if it's not wearing a muzzle, it's another hundred euros. So it's it's actually, it, it can be quite a sting yeah. to the pocket if you if you don't. And all along, the dog wardens, to be fair to them, have been pretty lenient. Yeah. We've 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 uh, met people. We've we've talked to them. We can understand the problem, but it's getting to the stage now where they're actually taking. Um, we need to go a little step further mm. because of the of the, even the range of breeds um, that are out there, the mixed um, breeds Classes. that are there. Yeah. Yes, and we, you 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 sometimes you don't know what you're actually coming up against. Yeah. With regard to the attitude. Your, some of your mm. colleagues are meeting, Vincent. It's a, it's a topic we've discussed on the programme over the last number of months. An increasing level of anger and aggression out there. In your experience, and it's lengthy, are you coming across more? Is there more aggression out there, Vincent? There is. You, you get to the stage, PJ, where you have people that are working inside shops and you have um, people that are just serving people behind the counter and they're getting more and more abuse. You're talking there in the last couple of weeks, the paramedics who understandably will say would should have body cameras on them, um, haven't, and that they're now talking about getting them. We have, you, 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 even in your own office there, PJ, if you had a look around, how many cameras have you got in your offices? We're gotten to the stage where, unfortunately, we have to. So, I mean, it is, it is, it's not that we want to use them, but unfortunately, we feel we have to use them. Level of aggression in society, it's, it's dreadful. Yes, and it, it, the very fact that it's getting more physical, verbal, you can deal with, because you're, you're going to get that. Yeah. Um, and all we're doing there is we're asking people to, to make sure, look, to, we, we don't want to be finding people. City Hall doesn't want to be finding people. But unfortunately, it's gotten to the stage where the only way they're going to sit up and take notice of it is if they get fined. We had one lady um, who had a, a Staffordshire Terrier who we picked up. It was repeatedly getting out. And she ended up with 400 euros worth of fines. Wow. Within two weeks, that dog was out again. And she ended up with 300 euros worth of fines. But it was those 700 euros that made her eventually sit up and say, you know what, maybe I need to keep my dog in properly. Do you have the powers to seize a dog for continued breaches like that? Um, to seize a dog, we try and work with the owners on this, PJ. We haven't done that yet. We, um, we try and work with them as best we can. But it's, it's getting to the stage now where... The, the, and now, look, the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people will work with you. Um, you can have very, very polite conversations with people and they're you're explaining exactly what you're trying to do and uh, it, there, there isn't an issue with it. But unfortunately, the, the number of people that you are, the percentage of people that are causing grief are getting a little bit more vocal and they're getting a little bit more physical. Yeah, physical being the, the, the more frightening one you said, threatened with hurlies and threatened to throw bags of excrement at them and... Kind yes, of, no. and I mean, even when they're viewed on us. Now, the, the dog wardens have been very lenient, as I said. They have been very patient. 
But unfortunately, we've gone to the stage. I mean, w- one of our owners, I said, uh, a dog warden, you've probably dealt with him over the years yourself. He's been in the job over 30 years. And um, ordinarily, when you try to change a system, um, you would have your discussions, you would go through your few bits and pieces. And I mean, this was this was a very, very quick discussion. We're thinking of getting body cameras. Good idea. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. So yeah. it's getting to the stage where, unfortunately, it's it's big. It's it's going to become more run of the mill. We have to decide. Look, that um, dear old Ireland is dead and gone. It is. It is definitely getting more. Even look, look at the amount of murders that are happening. It is definitely getting more physical. It's definitely getting more 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 dangerous out there. Yeah. yeah. And we have to we have to change our system to to meet that. There's a level of aggression out there that none of us saw before. Now, thank you, Vincent. Vincent Cashman from the Cork Society of Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Refreshing to hear the warden tell people to keep their dogs on leads. My daily walks are turning into a nightmare because of dogs bounding up to me, scaring the life out of me. I don't mind dogs, but they scare me when they jump up on me. Bernie, I don't think it's the dogs are the problem, it's the people. Some of the people, says Bernie, should be put on leads. There are places in England where people can bring their dogs to run them off the lead, says Kate. You're right, Kate, and Vincent would love to see that, but given the level of compo culture in this country, you can imagine it being a total nightmare. Lovely idea, but we're just we're just too compo friendly in this country. We'd sue you for scratching your arse, and that's the problem. John says, I think the wardens themselves need to have a better manner in dealing with people. I understand they deal with dangerous people, but they need to calm down with the rest of us. Thank you, John. 0818969696. On the Ring of Skiddy traffic, I work in a pharmaceutical company in the area. I live in Carrigaline. We got a, a site email notification of the road closure on 3rd of March. Immediately, every person on site knew of the chaos this would cause. I'm not sure how anybody familiar with that place expected anything different. And then Paddy says, a fire engine out of Carrigline Station yesterday had to get a Garda escort down the main street to get through the traffic. We're monitoring this one and there are Things happening. I can tell you no more for now, though. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The minds are live. Join the conversation. Call 0818 96 96 96. Extra WhatsApp 083 396 and Councillor Seamus McGrath's back on the line. Seamus, you have news since we spoke last. Good morning again. Yes, thanks, PJ. Um, yes, the road closure is coming to an end today. Um, we've received confirmation that it is coming to an end. Um, I would expect before before evening traffic, certainly. So I think um, the, pain, the pain is over for now. Um, so I just received that confirmation in the last few minutes. Um, basically, Carcone Council has been in discussions with Irish Water, intense discussions this morning. 
this decision has been made that the road closure will come to an end. Obviously, the work will have to be done at some stage, mm-hmm. PJ, so we'll have to revisit that. But other options need to be looked at here, such as, you know, working with a stop-go system um, or obviously, as I said earlier, working during the summer months when things are quieter. So, look, proposals are going to have to be drafted up now. Um, as of now, the road closure is coming to an end, uh, so people will not have to face the kind of carnage uh, tomorrow morning that they faced this morning. Look, and since I spoke to you, I mean, I have had so many contacts from people telling me stories, people late for medical appointments, school children on buses for an hour and a half. I had the Road Haulage Association on to me. I mean, it was just untold amount of carnage uh, caused by it. So, look, I think whatever they come up with, it has to be a radically different plan. But for now, it is over. Had road been broken, Seamus, or had they actually commenced... I actually don't know that. Um, the, the, the contractor mobilised on site yesterday morning. Um, I suspect they probably did do some digging, but look, that will be reinstated and the road will be opened. Um, look, this is something contractors are well used to. I mean, they, they sometimes have to work replacing pipes where they where they do open and close every day. So, in other words, they will do 10 metres, 20 metres and, and close the road again. And look, it means the job will go on longer, but at least during peak, traffic times of the morning and the evening the road is in use and that's the important thing um you know so look i think certain hours of the day would probably would probably work but certainly nothing before 9 30 in the morning and it needs to come off the road again at 4 4 p.m in my view um but also to coincide that with the summer months when when traffic is quieter across the board so look they need to consult with the industry that was completely lacking they need to consult with local residents they need to consult with schools, they need to consult with stakeholders and they need to come up with a plan that people are aware of in advance and that people can accept and that it doesn't cause the kind of damage that was caused over the last two mornings. And so look, it's back to the drawing board and look, I just I do want to thank the County Council for their involvement um, because I know the Head of Roads was intensely involved in this since yesterday morning and I want to thank Irish Water for making the right call in the end as well. So... Um, look, the right decision has been made, but okay. the work will have to be done at some stage, yeah. so we'll, we'll provide further updates on that. That's an inevitability. It does have to be done, but it maybe done differently and done at a different time of the year. Seamus, thank you very much for that. That's Councillor Seamus McGrath of Carrigaline. So an hour ago, we had people sitting in their cars for two, two and a half hours, getting nowhere fast. Confirmation just there on 96FM on the opinion line that that road closure has been cancelled and everything will return to normal in time for tomorrow. Thanks also to Finnegale Councillor Jack White. He's been in touch with us throughout the morning. He did a walkabout down there tomorrow or this morning rather. Can you put it to any of the councillors that there's roadworks on the bridge in Carrigaline for the last four months and there seems to be no major progress what's happening with them? We'll, we'll deal with the problem at hand, I guess, for today, caller. But but that's that's noted. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six on dogs. Dangerous dogs should be on a body harness because often the owner can't control them, even on a neck leash. They are too strong. Yeah. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. But that's a good hour's work now to start off the day, won't it? That's all sorted then, and there'll be no more traffic problems. For now at least. For now at least. 0818 96 96 96. Just reaching for my next set of notes here. And something fell out. Have you been down? This is random now as I'll come back to it. Have you noticed the price of the few bits you buy on a Sunday morning for a fry these days? There was a survey 
released. I'll give you more details. I just came across it, just head to hand. I went down to the local centre Sunday morning to get the few bits for the fry, as you do. We had the eggs, nothing else. So we went down, and normally, you know, what you get, the packet of rashers, the half pound of sausages, the bit of pudding, you know yourself. What would normally set me back, or would have set me back, less than seven quid, six months ago. Certainly a year ago, I wouldn't have been breaking seven euro on me few bits and pieces of breakfast stuff. A few quid, or a few cents shy of a tenner. Yeah, just, just, what's your own experience in that regard? 0818 96 96 96. I have a list of clubs in front of me here. Cork Admirals American Football Club, the Knights of Munster, Cork Dragons, of whom we're very familiar, the Phoenix Kayak Club, the Cork Yarn Spinners, Tag Rugby with Tag Republic. They're all members of Cork Clubs, and there's a Cork Clubs homepage and website has been set up to bring them all together. Patrick Hayes is the man who did that. Patrick, good morning. Good morning, TJ. How are you? Good. Membership of a club. We're hearing so much now, and there's an advertising campaign on about people who effectively locked themselves down for three years and are half afraid to come back out, and there's a lot of loneliness there. How much of that fact drove you to set up this homepage? Um, yeah, so I suppose just first first and foremost, thanks for having me on um, to talk about uh, loneliness a bit, I suppose, um, and, and not really in too morbid a way. Um, and yeah, as you, you teed up nicely there, how maybe joining social or sports clubs in Cork can help. Um, like, yeah, definitely the last couple of years has, has put a lot of friendships um, and people in general at an arm's length. Um, like the two metre rule became a, a really big thing. Um, and from personal experience, I've definitely felt like isolated or lonely in, in patches. Yeah. Um, and I think that's like, that's very, that's a very normal thing. Like there's a sat on a now that would make you gasp. Um, like, and I'm actually happy enough for that side of life because it adds contrast for the good times, but you only see that when you come out of it, you know? Yeah. Um, so yeah, sometimes moving to a new city can cause this or a pandemic or giving up drinking or a fight with a friend or family. And it's, I think it's really important that at those times you have like fail safe systems to help you. Um, and like, I think that being involved in a sports club really helps with that. So like part of my motivation was, um, tag Republic, one of the clubs listed there first and foremost on the site, shout it to them. Like I, I joined that club when we were coming out of the pandemic and to say that it's changed my like feeling in Cork and added so much excitement to every week is like an understatement. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of one of the big things that made me say we need to put all of the clubs in Cork and the sign up details on a site for people to use mm. because I'm like, if I can help one person um, with getting them the sign up details and getting them into a club, um, then like I've, I've done a, a, a good deed. And like, after that, if we get every club in Cork on the site, unreal, you know. I'm surprised that no one's ever thought of this before, Patrick, because, you know, you move, particularly, like I said, move to a new city or a new area within a county. Yeah. And you're wondering, yeah. where am I going to go to join something? Even it's, I want to join a bridge club or I want to join a, a rugby club or I want to join a, a yarn spinners like there now, or a singing club or a yeah, music yeah, club. Yeah. Where do I go? 
there's so many like there's so many um and the thing is like facebook instagram like i i work in kind of digital media design like these things aren't really set up for searching for clubs kind of in that way um but um yeah like i know i'm on mainly to kind of maybe touch on the loneliness thing um like a mental health commission study um uh the mental health commission of ireland did a study this is in 2016 now pre-pandemic right sure. 25 to 34 year olds reported the highest levels of loneliness and not to discount anybody in any other age bracket but like 37 percent of them are reporting feeling lonely often or always and like and I'm that not, was like, in 2016 but, yeah like i like i said i don't think that i'm like a weirdo or or like um you know um not great in making friends or, or something like I, I've generally had a, a pretty good social circle but like that's half half the people in my age bracket are reporting that um, and that's pre-pandemic you know that's um, a surprising statistic Patrick I have to say I'm that, that's the more they are the more active years of your life yeah. 25 to 34 you're in your prime to use that expression. Yeah, yeah, well, maybe we're a bit softer or something, but... And, um, yeah, and in a world yeah. back in 2016, where there was no pandemic, no nothing like that, Yeah, 50% of people in that bracket felt lonely. Outrageous. That's crazy. Um, and this is something that we need we need to sort out, like, because... So, the, the National Institute on Aging, um, which is uh, in America, they, they have an article out of, of a study that was done the prolonged um, health risks of isolation are equivalent to, they say, smoking 15 cigarettes a day. And, like, I mean, we've done great weekend smoking out of pubs and loads of people are off, off cigarettes now. But, like, now, like, I mean, this is an issue that, like, needs to be seriously looked at because, like, I mean, people might as well be smoking a box of fags every day if they're lonely, like. Um, yeah, do you think it's worse now than it was in 2016? Um... I, I I think that like it's it's going to it's going to reset, but like that's going to take a bit of time. Uh, it'll probably reset to what it was, but going by that Mental Health Commission of Ireland report, it wasn't really ever that great. Um, Did the I mean, report and, look uh, into why was the case? Hmm? Did the report um, look into the reasons? No, 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 and, and I'm not a researcher on this. Um, yeah, sure. Just as a disclaimer, not to to get too caught up in the figure, but okay. but when you do Google the stats on loneliness, like these are the kind of the numbers that come out. Um, but to put a, a really positive spiel on it, like right now, like there is definitely a WhatsApp group of a club in Cork that's having a laugh about something that they did at the weekend, and like. I've joined like a good few clubs recently and like these WhatsApp groups, they're like, and I'm just saying that these are the methods of communication that these groups have. They might be on Facebook or, or yeah. have a website or whatever, but like they're having a skate over something hilarious that happened or they organized a night out for themselves or they went for a sea swim and like they're all buzzing and having laughed something that happened. Um, so if you've ever been a member of a club or want to join a club or an organizer on a club, if you head to coreclubs.e, you can either list your club, find a new club you want to try, um, or if you share it, you know, we can help on we can help to get the sign up details of every club in Cork onto the site. Um it'll just be like a, a nice thing for people to have. As you said there, Cork Dragons are on it, the Dragon Boat Racing for, for breast cancer survivors. Um 
and Cork Action League is on it, which is a board games club. Um, okay. So, yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm working on. And uh, Great project. Great project. Uh, yeah. All right. Yeah, yeah. Patrick, thank you. Corkclubs.ie A one-stop shop, as it were, for where you might find a club in your area to combat that sense of loneliness. I got to say, I didn't know about that statistic. Every day is a school day. I didn't know about that statistic. In 2016, the Mental Health Commission did a body of work and they found out that half of individuals between 25 and 34 were loneliness, were experiencing loneliness of some kind. And I think back to my own time in that age bracket. It's a few years ago. Not a million years ago, but a few years ago. When I think back to my own time in that age bracket, I hadn't time to be lonely. (laughs) Seriously, hadn't time. I was working seven days a week. I was gigging five nights a week. I hadn't time to to be lonely back then in my 25 to 34 bracket. It's a strange one. Oh eight one eight, and, and Patrick is right. Simple logic dictates that the pandemic can only have made it worse. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Speaking of the pandemic, I was reading some articles this morning on three years ago. It was three years ago Sunday that Leo Varadkar said to us, "We need to talk about the the coronavirus." And it was three years ago, this weekend coming, Paddy's weekend. Wasn't it Paddy's night or Patrick's night? St. Patrick's night. He addressed us on the telly and said we had to lock down and stay locked down initially for a couple of weeks. And sure, we know what happened there. Three years ago, did we ever think it? And we were sitting here on the morning reading out numbers and reading out lists of contacts and looking for volunteers to do messages. When you think back of it now, this is the boy. It was like another world. It was really like another world three years ago. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. The minds are live. Hello. Join the conversation. Call oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Text or WhatsApp oh eight three three ninety six ninety six ninety six. Email opinion at ninety six fm dot ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Cox ninety six FM. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. Yesterday morning I mentioned the passing at the weekend of of a lovely man, um, Canon Michael Murphy, um, former parish priest of Ballyfehan and my own personal memories of the man were always of a, just a very nice, kind, decent individual um, whom I liked very much and was sorry to hear of his passing at the weekend. But when I mentioned it, Jen, you sent us a message, a, a, a very personal story about your boy and it, it opens a whole other discussion on kids and the sacraments and religion and school and all of that. Morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good. What happened? Okay, so... uh 
How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Um, my son, when he was born, it was a while back now, it was 2009. Um, I had decided that I wasn't going to have him christened so I wasn't practicing myself. I haven't practiced in years. Like, I mean, I was raised Catholic. I went to a Catholic school, you know, convent school, all that kind of stuff. But as I got older, I kind of realized, like, from a young age, I kind of didn't really believe anyway. I always questioned it. And then as I got older, like, looking at everything that came out, like, in the Ryan Report and, like, uh, the mother and baby homes and all that kind of stuff, I just decided, okay, I'm not doing this anymore. So when he was born... I said, I'm not going to have him christened. But I said, you know, I want this to be his decision if he wants to, you know, get his communion or, or get christened at a later date or whatever. It's his it's his decision and it's his choice. Yeah. Um, so then he went off to school and in fairness, he went to a really diverse school. There was lots of kids from like uh, very multinational, all different religions um, and some that had no religion. They were atheists as well. Um, and when it was coming up to his communion, he came to me and he was like, I want to make my communion. So, um, Were you surprised by me, that, Jen? I, like, yes and no. Do you know, I mean, we do, like, we're living in Ireland, do you know. I think, um, like, in his school, even though it was very multinational, there was a lot of people in there that would have been making their communion anyway. Um, but, like, we don't practice at home. It's not something we ever talk about at home or anything like that. So... Um, I guess in that sense I was surprised but also not really you know I, I thought and also I'm, I'm open to it you know if he wants mm. to do it it's up to him um, now he came to me quite late so he was due to have his first confession in a, a number of weeks and I was like okay so I need to go about having him christened because obviously he couldn't uh, do his first confession without being christened 
So then I was like, okay, how am I going to do this? <laughs> because I, I, I didn't really want to go to any priest or any church and be like, oh, yeah, I believe, you know, I wanted to be straight out and honest. I, I didn't want to lie and be like, yeah, I'm practicing or whatever because I'm not. Um, and then someone told me about Canon Michael Murphy and they said that I should give him a call. Right. So I called him and I left the voicemail and I was just very open and honest in the voicemail, told him the situation. I was completely honest about my own situation and everything. And within a couple of hours, he gave me a call back and he was just so lovely and warm and understanding and open. It was just, it was really lovely. It was really lovely. He had me on the phone now for a while and then he said, call in on Wednesday. So I think that was a Monday that I was after leaving the message. And he said, bring in uh, myself on the Wednesday for a chat to Balafihan. Mm-hmm. So we went in and uh, he met us there. We were there for about an hour and a half, I'd say. Um, he was just such a lovely man. He he spoke to my son, Kieran and he had a, a big, long conversation, asked him a lot of kind of deep and kind of insightful questions about religion and then just asked him, you know, about his own life and all of that kind of stuff. Um, and then as we got up to leave, he stopped me as I was going out the door and he was like, look, I completely understand where you were coming from. And he's like, but if you will just do me one favour, just to please think about God and think about religion, just to have it on your mind, not you don't have to commit to anything, I don't want you to come to Mass, but just have it in your mind. And I said, okay, fair enough. Um, were and you then he surprised said, by, by his response? I really was, I really was, because like I, I, I knew another friend of mine was in a similar situation. Um, she hadn't had her, like, I can't remember, it was a son or daughter christened, and um, when she went to her local church, um, when they decided, the son or daughter decided that they wanted to get christened, uh, the church weren't very, you know, they weren't very inviting, they weren't very happy about it, they kind of didn't really want to christen like, I, I won't say what church it was, but they didn't really want to, to christen the kid because, you know, they had opted out of christening him in the beginning and because they weren't going to Mass and all of this kind of stuff. So I was a little bit concerned in that sense. And also, like, I mean, I, I was, I went to a Catholic school. I was raised Catholic. I was always kind of, I don't know, afraid of nuns and priests. I don't know what it was, but they, like, I, I was, like, you know, I, I, I'd never really had that experience with one that I had with uh, yeah. with Canon Michael. So what happened? So, there was a lovely photograph you sent us of 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 Mick with with your your boy. What happened? So he said on that Wednesday, he said, "Bring him in on it's Saturday or Sunday. Bring him in this Saturday, and and we'll we'll christen him." And I was just I was just like that, just like in a couple of days. So I called him on the Monday, and by the Saturday. We were sat in the church um, and it was a lovely ceremony. You know, Kiran at that age was eight when he was sitting in the church and it was like opposite this newborn baby. So there was a family there with a baby and then uh, our son who was like eight. And um, Was this his first time in a church, Jim? I, I, no, because he'd have been to, like my, I have um, nieces and nephews and stuff that are christened. Right. So he would have been in that sense. But, um, but other than that, I think maybe they might have gone to sing carols in school, like, and stuff like that. But yeah, I suppose like it was his first time definitely at mass or anything like that. Like we'd never gone. Um, and yeah, so he went in a ceremony. He was he was christened and all of that. And then after the service, I went to find Michael and I was like, thank you so much. And then as the custom is, I was giving him a contribution in an envelope and he point blank was like, absolutely no, I am not taking that. He was like, this was 
my pleasure. And he was like, and thank you so much for bringing Kiran here. And uh, and please, he was like, any time, just come back. He's like, I'd love to see you both. And you're always welcome um, in the church. And I just thought it was so lovely. Um, mm. So when I heard that he passed at the weekend, I was uh, I was really sad because I'd only been thinking of him recently. I know that he used to go swimming in Fountainstown. He had mentioned that he went every day for a swim. So, um, yeah, I was sad to hear. There there are a lot of parents now making that decision to opt out of religion and maybe not get their children christened. But looking back in it now, Jen, when you think about that decision... Mm-hmm. Kieran then came forward to you at eight and said, "Mom, I actually would like to make my Holy Communion. Yeah. Here's another message in here. My kids are not christened. I'd love to hear from other parents in the same boat. My little boy will be communion age in two years' time, and I'd love to do something nice for him. Uh, now this it's a strange one, isn't it? Parents opting out for their own personal reasons to which they're completely entitled. But the children then, when it comes to the age of the sacrament, if you like, wanting to make the communion, and it's a bit of a dilemma, particularly if if your choice has been very based on, no, we're atheists. Yeah, like, I guess, I guess, like, um, it comes into the, you know, the core beliefs in, in, in religion. I think that, like, ultimately they do have these really good core beliefs in them. Do you know, you, like, be kind to people, love one another, you know, don't steal, don't murder anyone, you know, these kind of things. Like, I mean, they're very, very basic lines to to follow and, like, everybody should have those anyway, but, like, religion offers all of those. So I think when when kids go to school and they hear that kind of stuff, obviously, and, and then they hear about, like, you know, your promise of an afterlife and this kind of thing. I mean, of course, they're going to think, this is, this is great, this sounds amazing. Like, it's different, like, for me, Growing up, it was it was different. Like knowing all that I knew, I was like, okay, I can't really, I I, I don't like want to be. I don't I don't want to. You you, you know, you, you, you faced the dilemma. I think that a lot of people of your of your your age, Jen, uh, you know, th- that which you grew up being told, this is the path. This is the religion in which we're raising you. You're being raised a Catholic. This is the church. This is the priest. This is what we believe in. Your parents, Mm -hmm. with the best will in the world, bringing you up that way. And you then, as a young person, exposed to news and current affairs, exposed to the newspapers, seeing the horrific things that were done by people of the cloth, as it were, trying to come to this decision in your own head, well, what am I going to do? One of the most natural things in the world is to say, well, my child won't have to make those decisions. But then he did make that decision. Well, you know, like he made it of his own free will. Yes. Uh, and he consented to it. So that's, you know, like, I kind of had that. I do I do hope as well. Like, How, how did you feel? Sorry, I, took, I might have asked you mm-hmm. this before. When he came home and said, ma'am, I want to make me communion. I, I yeah, I mean it was I was like okay, but I I kind of maybe it saw it coming as well. I mean, like I you know, everyone had said that to me. Oh, he's gonna want the party, he's gonna want this, you know, or whatever. But when, when I spoke to him in depth about it, he really was like you know, he was really interested in it and you know, I just think it's even though I don't have religion myself, I think it's a great comfort to have it's a great you know, they're you know, got great core beliefs behind it. So I said, who am I to take that away from him? I'm not mm. going to, 
deny him it. Um, yeah, and that was great. So, what, what did you What did you make of what Mick said to you? Um, just think about God. What did you? you know? I like I I, th- I thought it was great because I mean, you know, we're always wondering like what's going to happen after you know, we die. <laughs> like, is there anything? Are we going anywhere? Because when you're raised Catholic, you're promised an afterlife. And then when you stop believing, when you're older, you're like, okay, I'm starting to wonder here what's going to happen afterwards. <laughs> like, what what is all of this about? So um, when he said that, I thought, like, you know, that's nice because I think about those things a lot. I mean, I'm always having these existential conversations in my mind, like wondering, like, is there anything? Like, why are we all here? So I thought that... Uh, Mm. Yeah, I kind of, I, I would give it a toss. Yeah, I would definitely, and especially just meeting him, being so lovely, it changed kind of my view on, um, I, I, like instead of tearing the whole church with the same brush, I'm like, no, there is genuinely lovely people oh, yeah. involved in it and lovely oh, yeah. men, and he was really one of them. Like, you know, he oh, was yeah. a gem. He was, he was indeed, he was indeed. That's a lovely photograph, by the way. I would treasure it. I would frame it. Yeah, I, I yeah we have it at home. Yeah. Beautiful photograph, beautiful photograph. Jen, thank you very much for that. Another person on the phone there, Michael Murphy, was the most non-judgmental and genuine priest. He was a living saint. He was so in touch with everyone's troubles and always went quietly about helping. You only have to read his condolence messages on RIP to see how many people's lives he touched. That's from Valerie. Other people want to join this conversation with regard to children and the sacraments, communion, confirmation, whatever you're having yourself or not having, as the case may be. Uh, I read, there's more to that message I read well ago. My kids are not christened. I'd love to hear from parents... In the same boat, my little boy will be of communion age in two years. I'd love to do something nice for him on the day. What do people do? I have a friend who brought his daughter to Disneyland. We can't afford that. But do any groups of non-religious parents meet up on the communion stroke confirmation day and have a party for the kids? There's somewhere deep in the dark recesses of what I laughingly call my brain. A little bell is ringing. A tiny little bell is ringing. I think someone did this in Cork a few years ago. And I also think we talked to that person. I do think that did happen. Yeah, Fergal is telling me there's... Emer saying, there is a lady does non-communion day. I'm convinced I heard of it before. That there was a non-communion day. That if you had the communion class say and there might be two or three kids in it who didn't make their communion there was someone was setting up a little event for the non-communionites we'll find her we'll find her will I go to one or take the break first take the break join the conversation this is the opinion line with the Cork City Marathon take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team register at CorkCityMarathon.ie Question 10. In what comedy series did Mr. Miyagi actor Pat Marisa own a diner? Oh, jeez. Oh. Um, uh, he owned a diner. Yeah! What an answer! What a guess! Wow! Was it?
it a total guess? A total guess. Yeah. Sometimes out of thin air you get something, don't you? Listen, we've got a career out of it, so... <laughs> <laughs> Tom, you've just won 2,000 euro, buddy. Thank you, chaps. It's been great. Well done. Well done. Well done. Have a good one. Stacking up the cash. Cash! Cash! The two grand minute. Listen to play at 7.40 and 8.40 every day on Casey and Ross in the morning. <laughs> 96 FM. Rob, we're not going to ask what you do for a living. That's none of our business. But you didn't get paid this morning because of the roadwork situation. Morning. Good morning. Hi. Um, I have no problem uh, saying what I do. I'm an EFL teacher. And what that means basically is English is a foreign language. Okay. So I would be teaching students from different countries across the world. And the way, like, I don't know how familiar people are with that. Like, if, if there's EFL teachers out there, they probably know what I'm talking about. So basically, um, you get paid by the hour, right? So if you do 10 hours, you get paid for 10 hours. If you do 20 hours, you get paid for 20 and so on. Sure. Um, and the, the EFL sector, I suppose, in a way, is kind of like a poor relation of the primary and secondary school um, profession. Because if you don't go into work, like, you don't get salaried. So, you like, I know very, very few EFL teachers that are on a salary Um so if you'd like, if you don't go into work for any reason, you don't get paid, and that includes being sick. Now I know that there was some move there a while back with the government to amend that, like that you to make um, sick pay mandatory. I don't know if that's come into effect yet or not. Right. But up to now, like basically, if you like, if whatever hours you teach, you get paid for. If you don't get into work for any reason, you don't get paid for those hours. So, like this morning, I left. Like I live in Carrigaline. And my students would say, you know, all oh, the traffic in Mexico City, you have to see. I say, yeah, come to Carrigaline and you'll know all about traffic. So I'm well familiar with it. Um, so I, you know, went out as usual, Ballet Road. I try and go along the back roads. Cars Hill is always very busy at any time of the day. So when I saw a long line of cars going up past the White Horse Castle, I thought, okay, there's, there's something wrong. I hope, hopefully not an accident or something got out of us, but I had better turn back. I tried going back to Ballet Road towards Carrigaline. That was jammed up solid as well. So I turned around and tried to go um, around the Crosshaven Road and over the bridge and out that way uh, to Shannon Park. That was jam solid. So there was nothing for it, really. I mean, I realised no matter which way I went, it was a bottleneck. Nobody was going anywhere. There was no point sitting in in a car for the next hour uh, wasting petrol, you know, just burning fuel into the air. And that's happened to me a number of times in Carrigaline over the 20 years I've been living here. Um, You know, especially in the first few years, like when the economic boom yeah. was taking off like there were mornings you would move a meter stop move a meter stop and one or two mornings there was just no point you'd just turn around and go home but it hasn't happened thank God in a long time however this morning when I, I saw obviously something was up but what I, I didn't know what it was but I decided the only thing to do is just to go home and wait for it to ease off and mm-hmm. then drive normally to work as get in as whenever I can but obviously I'm not going to get paid for those hours that I didn't get in this morning yeah and I can ill afford to lose the work. So as well as, you know, burning fuel and, and diesel is expensive these days, um, you know, you're down the pay as well. Yeah. Now, I'm signed up with the council, so I, I get alerts like for floods and roadworks and things like that normally, but I didn't get one about this, so I'm not sure what happened there. Yeah. I didn't see any signage up to advise that any road, I don't even, I still don't even know what road was closed off. I'm presuming yeah. it was Cars Hill or something. No, it was a road between the Protestant church there in Carrigaline back to, towards Ring of Skiddy, that one. Okay. So yeah. I guess everybody... R613, to give it its yeah. proper title. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and you see, the, this the problem. Like, Carrigaline has been allowed to develop and expand over the last 20 years. Um, and, you know, I mean, I, people need somewhere to live, and I'm, I'm one of the beneficiaries of that, obviously, you know, the fact that I live here. But I don't think a great deal of thought was put into the, the road infrastructure. And we only had the Western Relief Road there opened only, I think, last year. 
and it's something we've been waiting 20 years for yeah. and you know hopefully when the dual carriageway opens up there from Ring of Skiddy to Cork that'll ease things up a little bit yeah. but trying to get in or out of Cargill Line at any time is difficult so like I suppose two problems there was one is that the the, the coordination of roadworks uh, you know when they're when they're done I mean like I know I heard a councillor what's his name Seamus McGrath talk yes. earlier about during the summer um, yeah, I mean, like that's one possibility. Right, it does reduce the volume of traffic, but like there's, that, it still means that you get out during the summer. You're trying to get somewhere, but there's still people working, and you have the same problem. You can't kind of make an omelet without breaking eggs. You you, you kind of have to do it. But mm. you, you're hoping, I think, Rob, that 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 someone will compensate you for the hours and the <coughs> wages you've lost. Well, hoping, I mean, that's a very strong word to use in, in this day and age. Um, I don't think anybody is going to compensate me for it. You know, I can't see an Irish water sticking their hands in their pocket. And I'm sure I'm not the only person in this no. situation. I'm sure no. there's lots of other people who lost out wages or business, you know, self-employed people who were trying to get in to meet a client or something and now have to reschedule it and then move something else or whatever. You know, I, don't, I can't honestly see any of them being compensated for that so, waste right. of their time and energy. That's and, right. you know... If you had, like, if you knew in advance that this was going to happen, you might t- think, okay, I need to leave at such and such a time. I mean, ridiculously early time. And I've heard of people leaving at six o'clock and unable yep. to get to work. That's right. With you know, that, that, people, with people left left home at half six, uh, anticipating this, and we're yeah. still not out of Carrigaline line by quarter past eight. Like, like, you know, I mean, that's like that, that's utterly insane. You know, you, you did, did it, that you have to leave home at that hour of the morning and still not get to work for nine. Yeah. Well, the, the good news is that, that the road closure has been reversed and that the roadworks have been put back for for a while. Rob, thank you very much for that. I, For no reason at the time, I'm going to move on because I know having talked to Jen about her little boy's experience with religion and the fact that he wasn't christened, but then he came home and said, oh, I would like to make my Holy Communion, ma'am. And she had to deal with that and Father Mick in Ballyfahan sorted it all out for her and christened him and, and was very kind and decent as you'd expect. Cara. Hi PJ, Hi. how are you? You were baptised um, when you were seven. I actually was. Um, I just caught it. I, I just sent a break from work so I just caught like, the end of her um, when that lady was speaking about her son. So I had actually texted about completely different, something different because I didn't know what the whole conversation had been about. Um, oh, she has in humour, um, I think, that, that's, that's there with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah, so she explained to me you know, what it was about, and the lady that yes. her son wanted to be christened. So I said that that's gas now because um, I actually wasn't christened until I was seven. Yes. Um, my sister was christened with me, she was five. Um, and my parents were not religious, um, but I went, was going to a convent school. Um, with the pre- presentation sisters and if I wanted to make yeah. uh, First Communion then I had to yeah. baptise. Yeah. Your, your, so, your original text was about this programme called The Chosen yeah. which I, I, haven't, I yeah. haven't, haven't heard of it. Yeah, so this programme was actually my sister sent it on to me and she just texted me one day and she said watch The Chosen. So I I said, how do I watch it? And, you know, you can go on the internet and you can you can you can look for it that way. It's not on YouTube or anything, but um, there is this this um, website and this app, which I will give in a minute. Um, but actually, I, I checked it out, and season one is actually on Netflix. Okay. So it's the chosen. Um, I just can't uh, absolutely recommend it. And is it a drama or a documentary, or what absolutely is it? Absolutely, everyone. Um, it's not a documentary. It's actually uh, a drama series about 
Um, I suppose really it starts with the, the, the life of Jesus, okay? okay? It's not about the church, it's not about Catholicism, it's about faith, okay? And it's about um, his life, it's about, like, there are loads of different religions entangled in the whole thing. You have, like, there are things that I, I'm, like, I hear these names and I'm like, yeah, I know that name, and I'm thinking, um, oh, you know, I must just remember from going to Mass when I was a kid, because I did go to Mass for a while, stopped for years, yeah. tried on and off when my son was getting confirmed and baptised and whatnot. Um, but actually, the last year I had been going to Mass. But I, I go for myself. I don't think go to church. I don't think really much about the priests. Um, and I've, I've met fantastic priests. I've met priests that I actually don't like at all. Mm. Um, and that I don't think that they're doing their, their, you know, I don't think that they're doing their job very well. Mm. So I'm not, like, I'm not an extremist, not not extremist religion. Um, but I cannot recommend this enough. You hear about lots of different uh, you have you have Samaritans, you have Zealots, you have Pharisees, you have the Romans, you yes. have the Jews. Like, and you it's know, based, and I think you, know, you were saying to the lads, it's based on the Bible. It's based on the... the oh, it's, 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 um, it's the truest depiction of the Bible that you will... will that there that has ever been made. That's so it's um like when you come across, you know, you would hear a man so this is from the, the gospel of, of uh Matthew and Mark and Luke and John and yes. you know, James and you know, now I go to Mass and I'm like, I, I think of these characters, you know, because I feel like I actually you get to know them, you know. Right. And Jesus, the the character of Jesus in the series, he's absolutely amazing. He's, yeah. he's, like, sounds he's a bit gorgeous. like it he's, sounds a bit like Jesus of Nazareth, which was around years ago um, with Robert Powell. I, I. I actually don't know. I don't think that's that's his name, but he is an actual Catholic. But I think the director is um, uh, Greek Orthodox. So um, it's on. You can get it on Angel Studios app. You can right. download it for free. You can watch season one on that, or you can watch it on Netflix. Okay. And you can also watch season two, season three on this app. Okay, it's not. Um, you don't have to pay for it. Okay. There is there is an option where you can pay it forward, okay? Because um, there, I'm not sure if they've made season four or they're making it. So okay. obviously, it takes money to make these things. So you can pay forward. You can donate if you want. If you don't, okay. fine okay. too. Okay, well, so that option is there. Well, well Netflix certainly a lot of people would have Netflix and they can have honestly, a look if they if they feel yeah. like that. Like, I certainly. If anything, if anything, it will be, it will it will give, uh, build your faith and give you hope. Okay, you've, you've piqued um, my interest, Cara, for which certain. Has, which, has, which has nothing got to do with the church, nothing got to do with any scandals or with priests or whatnot. But you know, you have to look past all of that. Okay. You have to you have to look look above, and you know, you get hope from from okay. your faith. Okay. Okay. People, because okay. you know, in every organisation in the world, people will let you down. You know, the Catholic Church is no different from any other. That's a very good point, and I'm going to leave it there for no reason other than time. Cara, thank you. Oh eight seven, oh eight, one eight, ninety six, ninety six, ninety six. The chosen. Never heard of it. Never saw it. I think, on the basis of that conversation with Cara. I may just have a peek of it over the weekend. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. The lines are live. Oh, hello.
Join the conversation. Call 0818 969696. Text or WhatsApp 083 396 9696. Email opinion at 96fm.ie. This is the opinion line with PJ Coogan. Coach 96FM. A lot to do in this third and final hour. It has been a number of years ago now. I had to ask her how long it was. I was walking downtown one afternoon and it was one of those lovely days. There were buskers everywhere. But I remember hearing this extraordinary voice and wanting to find out whose voice it was. And I walked over and there's this there's this kid standing in the street singing. And then someone reached in and whispered, She's eleven. Ali how are you? I'm very good. How are you? Great to talk to you. It's been a few years now since it you has. were here with me. Um, but you continue to busk and mm-hmm. now you're recording. I am. Yeah, I just busking still now because I love it, but uh, doing it until I can't do it anymore. But uh, just in the studio all the time, just writing music, releasing music. Let's go back to the start. When did you start to busk? When did you first want to sing? Well, I've always wanted to sing. I think it's just something that's been in, in my heart for like, my whole life but I started busking when I was 11 and uh, and now I'm 17 so it's been a while yeah, yeah and always out there with dad always minding you always taking care of you you know and Grafton Street like probably the most important busking streets in the world mm-hmm. Dermot Kennedy, for God's sake, busked <laughs> in Grafton Street you ever bust there with him? Did you ever see him bust there? I've never seen him busk I think I think he finished busking like about when I started yeah maybe but i never seen him so you're in studio now all the time recording and we'll play it in a minute. The first single is out. Big yes. moment. Yes, it's amazing. So excited. Yeah. What is it? It's a cover, is it? Yeah, it's a cover song. So I'm doing a a cover song and then I'll move into like original music mm. um, pretty soon. So that that's big for me because I haven't released original music before. Yeah. So it's very exciting. You started writing a few years ago, yeah? I did, yeah. So just kind of just did it as practice and... Now looking back on those songs that I wrote years ago, I'm like, oh my God, how did I ever sing them? Yeah. But uh, just, you know. You, did a, you did a lot of lives during the pandemic, mm-hmm. during lockdown, didn't you? You yeah. did a lot of, I must keep up to date when, what you're going to sing today, you know, it was, it was, it was some great stuff, great stuff there. So are you signed to a label yet? What's the story? Not yet. Um, we're just in talks with like a few labels. It's because I'm, I'm not 18 yet. It's best to do it when you yeah. turn 18. There's just all these loopholes and everything. Mm. So we're just waiting to find the right one. I was about to sign to one a while back and I was like, this is not the best deal for me. I can do better. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to get trapped into something that yeah. will, you know, hold me back. Do you so, have a manager and promoter and all these things? Um, well, there's been a few, like usually my dad does everything for yeah. me. So he's like still managing. He's doing a great job. Um, but talking to lots of managers as well at the moment just trying to find the right one I think it's the most important thing good, it's good to have dad by your side he won't, you know, he's, he's the great. one guy you can trust 100% yeah. 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 yeah if he says it's not good we're out of here then exactly we're out of here. Yeah. yeah that's that's really that's really important so do you want to we're going to listen listen to the song and um, this now tell us what it is and tell us who originally had it and then mm-hmm. we'll hear your version so uh, this song is called Stay it's originally by Rihanna and uh, Mickey Echo and um, yeah it's one of my faves I want you to stay that is lovely. That's been fantastic. We're just chatting here while, while that's playing. Ali Sherlock and her new single called Stay. You did that at home, Ali. Yeah, 
Yeah, well, my dad... Hold on. There you go. Yeah. Oh, there we go. Um, yeah, my dad, he just built a new house. So he built a, a lovely little studio for me. So nice. producer came came down and helped yeah. me record it. Yeah, and you've... Uh, you've it's a Spanish producer? Yeah, his name's Gon Massey. He's amazing. Yeah, they, that's a that's lovely work on that. Yeah, really lovely job. work on that. You've been doing other stuff as well. Because you have the studio at home now, mm-hmm. you can record remotely pretty much anywhere. So you have yeah. a lot of work going on. A lot of work. I'm in the studio like... 10 hours a day, I'm just, I go, I wake up, I have my breakfast, and I go up to the studio, and I'm just in there, if I'm writing a song, or, like, I can't produce, but I, I'm, I'm learning to, mm. um, and I try record, like, if I write a new song, I'll just record this little bit in, and, yeah. um, yeah. And it's all digital, so you can make yeah. the recording, and then if you don't like it, just delete it and exactly. go. Exactly, <laughs> yeah. You know, and, and then does, 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 um, does the, the, your producer guy, does he come in to you, or does it? Do it remotely or whatever? Uh, we do both, actually. So sometimes he comes down. So he's living up in Dublin. So um, he comes down sometimes. And sometimes I just record like a little demo, send it over to him. I'm like, I think it should go like this. And this is this, this. And he sends it back to me. And I'm like, right. I love this. this is when are we going to see some new... That's fantastic. When are we going to see an original song? Is that the next project? Um, it should be the next project, yeah. I'm, we'll be releasing like a cover EP. Right. So I was like, this is the single and then the, the EP. But then after that, or it's going to be original music and, uh, yeah. You excited? Very excited. <laughs> yeah. Hey, BJ, hope all is well. I'm a loyal listener to 96FM. I heard KC say you're interviewing Ali Sherlock today. I wonder what time it would be. Could you get her to say hello to my mom in Brazil? Wow. She's a big fan. I didn't know her work until my mom told me about her. Uh, she has all of her YouTube videos on loop in Brazil. I well, love that. Mom's name is Alzira Madeira. Alzira. I speak a little bit of Portuguese. Because I have a lot of Portuguese friends. So, oi, tudo bem? Alzira, is that what's her name? Yeah. Alzira. Tudo bem, Alzira. It's nice to have a... It's, so, it's an amazing social media, I think. Because, like, I've fans from like Brazil and like Malaysia and it's just all over the world so I think it's crazy when people are like I listen to you from Brazil but uh, yeah thank you so much for listening to my music I'm, I'm so glad that you love it you know what you'll be back here again we'll talk to you again soon I, I remember that afternoon a beautiful sunny afternoon and seeing this or hearing this voice from 40, 50 yards away and knowing knowing you were onto something and I still say the same Ali you're just 17 the world is at your feet I wish you so much good luck. Thank you. And good luck with this beautiful song. Thank you very much. Take care. Ali Sherlock, 0818-96-96-96. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at CorkCityMarathon.ie. Cork's 96 FM. We worked with a fella that we all called Ash Wednesday because his name was Mark. Lads, <laughs> <laughs> we have an absolutely horrific salesman in our place. We call him Speedboat. Speedboat. No sales. <laughs> <laughs> There's a fellow in our workplace called Mirrors. You ask him to do something, he'll say, I'll look into it there for you. <laughs> Where's Mirrors? He's looking into it. There's a girl in our place who's beautiful but not very bright. And uh, everyone calls her Lava Lamp. (laughs) Casey and Ross in the morning. You can now order your 231 electric Skoda Enyaq from No DC Cars. Skoda Sales Dealer of the Year. Exclusively Skoda in the City. Corks 96 FM. 
Very quick reminder to you, Corks 96 FM, proudly supporting Irish Cancer's Daffodil Day on the 24th of March. Of course, cancer is with us every day. It takes many days for many people, big days, little days, everything in between, and it replaces the big days and the happy days and the family days with treatment days and recovery days and some tough days. But there is the belief out there that we all, when we pull together, we have the power to take back our power from cancer and take those days back from this damn thing that continues to curse us even in 2023. And part of that fight is Daffodil Day, the Irish Cancer Society's Daffodil Day. It gives hope, it raises vital funds so that one day, and so many people working with cancer and working around cancer and researching cancer, they believe firmly one day it will be no more. So if you want to take part in Daffodil Day, there are pins available from any of the volunteers and you can, using those pins, you help to fund free support services and life-saving research. Uh, you can find out more and make a direct donation at cancer.ie uh, with Daffodil Day coming up on the 24th of March. 0818969696. Now, Ali's new EP is called Ali just simply that, Ali. Uh, get your hands on a copy. Uh, she's doing well. She's doing really, really well, and she has more to do. Oh eight one eight ninety six ninety six ninety six. Last week we had the sad story that the Middleton St Patrick's Day parade was gone by the board. One of the reasons that they had to cancel it was they couldn't get volunteers, and one of the reasons they couldn't get volunteers, and it was quite shocking to hear it from Councillor Daniel Toomey that there. Last year, volunteers got stick at the side of the road from angry drivers. That was just one of the reasons when they tried to divert traffic or move people away. That's unfortunate to hear. However, the day has been saved. It won't necessarily be a parade, but Alan O'Dedig is with the committee. You're going to do something. There'll be a little mini festival in Middleton on St. Patrick's Day. Good morning to you. Good morning, PJ. How are you? Good, good. You had a nice announcement. Now, it won't be a parade as such, but there will still be a day out. No, it won't be a parade, but we've got loads of other stuff going on um, from half past two on Friday at the Fair Green. Um, we put a call out to local musicians and everything, which they came forward. We've got, you know, loads of musicians. We've got Bounty Castles, Bronco Bulls, um, face painting, fancy dress for the kids, everything. Yeah. You know, loads of different things. It was so important to be able to get something. I, I remember talking to Danielle last week how, you know, I, I think the committee were bereft at having to make the decision that they made. Mm-hmm. Sure, I mean, it was definitely a hard call. Um, like, I mean, we, we can we can all we can talk about what ifs and things like that, but look, we just felt... Uh, like I felt and the Christmas committee that I work with they felt look we needed to do something the town deserved something yeah. you know um, and we got together last night sat down trashed everything out um, we've had great support I have to mention Joe McCarthy and the team at the council and the East Cork School District they sure. supported us from, from the get go sure okay so 2.30 onwards from 2.30 till half past five, yeah. Where will it be? Where is it in the street or where? It's in the Fair Green, which is right next door to Super Value inside the park there. Yeah. 
um, where they normally have the market. I see. I see. Oh, yes, of course. Of course. Yes. Well, it's, it's brilliant, brilliant entertainers coming. It's going to be hopefully a very, very good day if we get the weather. <laughs> yeah. I don't, can't, could, can't predict that. It's very unpredictable at the moment. No. But it looks all right. It looks all right. Alan O'Day, the, the committee, the St. Patrick's Day committee at Middleton, there will be an event. There will be an event in the field where they normally have the market from 2.30 St. Patrick's Day. Bands and bouncy castles and fun for all the family. Rescued something at least uh, when they couldn't have a parade. Thank you for that, Alan. I don't know if you've been watching it or been half as obsessed with it as the British have over the last few days, but the whole uh, Gary Lineker controversy. The only thing I'd say is I, I watched, I don't normally watch Match of the Day only when there's a match on it that I have a particular interest in. But I watched it the other night purely for the sake of seeing what they'd do and they'd know Gary Lineker and they'd know Ian Wright and they'd know anyone, anyone. and whoever put it together deserves an award for their production skills. I thought <laughs> I thought it was better without all the spoofing. But then as could easily have been predicted it's all been sorted and Gary Lineker will be back at the helm on Saturday night. But it's it's kind of not done yet. People are still arguing about what he said and whether he should have been entitled to say it. And he said it on his social media. He said about the government in the UK and about their decision to halt boats coming over from, from France. And he said the language being used was around the language of Germany in the 1930s and the whole impartiality thing blew up and then he wasn't on Match of the Day and now he's back on Match of the Day. Finn, your thoughts? Britain, this, I never heard so much rowing and shouting at one another on the media in Britain since Brexit. It's it's yeah it's been uh, it's gone on a bit long when I'm just on your comment there why you don't match what you match today I suppose not many Spurs people have reason to watch I it at the moment come. I knew that would come yeah but yeah like what he said was the words he used are immeasurably cruel um, and Gary Lineker is no no what I say no, no new person to controversy because the Qatar World Cup he came out in the very first episode and said that the treatment of the uh, people out there was beyond cruel no censorship because there was money going into the BBC coffers he also said to Liz Truss um, Liz Truss wanted a Champions League final to be boycotted when it was on in Russia and he commented on his Twitter page okay are you going to give back the funds that you got from the donations from the Russian government and there was no censorship then and I'm just wondering did they like did it try to shut him up about something that everybody has an opinion on you you cover so many stories on your radio show mm. and if you went on Twitter and disagreed or agreed with some policy would you be censored and would we ask you to step down I just think it's a big a big fuss over a little comment that everybody on the street was saying and it's an old saying you've said it I said it everybody has said it sports and politics do not mix mm. no matter how you try it it does not mix but, but here's the thing Finn when you're in a position when you are the BBC's highest paid presenter, yeah. you have a certain responsibility on your social media. Like, here, there are things that I would love to say about that which is going on around us. Mm-hmm. And I'll say them. And over a pint, I'll say them to you. Yeah, but am I yeah. going to put them on social media? Not yeah, but, on your but, nelly. 
is is what he said like you've often said it's only an insult or it's only it's only a downput if somebody takes it that way yes did he really go out and try to say that this was comparison to the 1930s I don't think he did because it would have caused a lot more uproar you only have to look at the history of Spurs they're predominantly back in the history a Jewish club yes, and they yeah, made yeah. him famous so why would he cut the hand that feeds him I, I think it's just it was taken in a context that he didn't mean it as far as the rest of them coming out in solidarity with them, um, they're going to be the only losers in this. Gary Lineker is going to come out. I don't think he should apolo- have apologised if that's what he's done. I well, think it turns it, out the BBC have apologised to him, really. Also, yeah. Uh, but like it was yesterday, that, that it, it, it turns out like what, what now? What going forward? Is he gonna is he gonna suddenly become a yes boy for the BBC when there's been people before him? You, you only have to look at what happened to Glenn Hoddle in 1999 when he was the manager of England. He said that you know if somebody was born with a disability, it was karma for their past life, and straight away yeah, he was gone out I the gap. Remember that. And again, that. politics and sports. You know, um, Ken Hoddle probably didn't, ha- he, he wouldn't have the same, I suppose, um, street wiseness as Gary Lineker. And let's face it, 2.9 million watched uh, last Saturday week, 2.5 million watched this Saturday night to a very, very broken down match of the day. But are they now going to say, okay, well, what are we going to do now? Because, as you rightly said, it was for football, people to watch football for the 25, 30 minutes it was on, and no malarkey from the, from the, you know, the, the pundits that are on, who aren't up to the scratch of our own Roy Keane and the Gary Nevilles and the Jamie Carragher's on Sky Sports. So yeah. now are they going to say, do we need these people, do you know? Yeah, yeah I mean, whoever put it together brilliant. on Saturday needs an award because they did brilliant work putting everything together into 25 minutes worth. And you would have to ask, is that one of the reasons why so many people don't watch Match of the Day or... Anymore. I, I think I think like before you remember back in the old days, uh, match of the day was a religion for people, yes, you know, because they didn't have so much football in the day. And I think the punditry that's on Sky Sports is far superior. You, you, you like Roy Keane's pay per view without a doubt, um, <laughs> without question. Without question, he's pay per view. And the lads now are saying right, the likes of Michael Richards, they have nothing in common, nothing whatsoever. Yeah. But when they put them into a cocktail together, it's fantastic television. Sometimes it's better than the match. <laughs> you know, very, and, that's and, very true and I think you could be watching the most dour game of football and you know if Roy Keane's sitting there you'd wait you'd sit back yeah. and you'd say you know what I'm going to watch this whereas the lads on Saturday night you could nearly script what they're going to be saying about yeah. the games come back to what he said though and just lastly on this offence you're right offence is not purposely given offence is taken and mm-hmm. while one has little time for those who take offence on behalf of someone else that's just a waste of time if you have skin in the game you have a right to be to be offended and I did listen to some 100%. people I did listen to people on British discussions across the weekend with a background connected to the Holocaust maybe their parents or grandparents were involved in kinder transport or were Holocaust survivors and people with a connection to the Holocaust were deeply offended by the comparison and you have to allow them to be 100% 100% Matt Letizia got sacked from Sky Sports because he said that Covid was a hoax nobody stood by him they all just said okay they're gone you should have said that that was affected a lot of people as well, not just in England, but worldwide. The Holocaust, for what it was, was, was an absolute disgrace for, the, for, for it to carry on in human society. But did Gary Lineker actually set up his Twitter page and say, you know what, I'm going to say this. He said immeasurably cruel. You know. Um, he's not wrong there. No, he's not. 
But comparing it, and you'd have to ask who was, like, fellas who are stars like that, Mm -hmm. did he not think before pressing enter? Exactly. He didn't. He didn't think. He didn't think that what's what's the repercussions? This action chain reaction. But there was a very good interview with one of the head guys in BBC on Sunday morning, and they asked this guy, "Okay, so you you're going to they're going to look into the Gary Lineker story, which was very 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 quick." And he said, "What about the Boris Johnson um, getting donations from the head of the BBC?" And it was brushed on. And oh, there's an inquiry. And the the reporter yeah. asked. He said, "But the inquiry's going on for the last four months, five months." Whereas the Gary Lineker thing was, oh my God, boom, get rid of him, do you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, it, look, it's just the way things are. Finn, thank you. 0818969696. The Lineker thing, I listen, as I said, to a lot of British media, not world media, but British talk shows, they can be awful and they can be great. But the Lineker thing is just enough. And they're still going on about it, even though he's coming back on Saturday. They're still going on about it. But the only thing that stood out for me, and then we chat about offence a lot with, say, Ross Brown off air, and I watch a lot of comedy, and I, you know, remember the whole controversy, for example, at Christmas time with, um, with Tommy Tiernan and was it Emer O'Neill? When she took offence to something Tommy said, offence is taken, not directly given. Taking offence on behalf of someone when you have absolutely nothing to do with it is bogus offence. But people who could connect themselves back to the Holocaust, whether to a parent or a grandparent or an uncle or whatever, they were egregiously hurt by Lineker's choice of words. That's when it becomes serious and that's when you have to turn around and I would be turning around if I was his manager or his publicist or whatever. I'd be saying, what kind of a gobshite are you, Gary? For the love and honour of God. 0818 96 96 96. Sean, thankfully the goats don't say anything like that. Yeah, well, I tell you, PJ, the only fence I have is electric. <laughs> <laughs> What's this I hear? The goats, the goat family, are performing live... For a school in New York. Come here to me. On Thursday. <laughs> Tell me more, sir. It's great, PJ. So I've linked up with a school in New York uh, for Thursday evening, but it'll be Thursday when they're getting their spring break. And myself and the goats will be down talking to them on a Zoom call and I'll be telling them stories for Patrick's weekend. This is Sean O'Leary, the goat man. Formerly of Cork. Well, you're Kerry man born and bred, but you used to live in Cork for many years. That's how we That's know it. each and other. And my mum is half Cork, so it's I have a dual passport, PJ. Good man, good man. It's always important for us to, to let listeners who may not have heard you before. You now have this, you live off the grid. That's, that's my favourite bit. You, you, you live off the grid with yourself and your goats in the wilds of Kerry. So how on earth did a school in New York hear of this goat family if you live off the grid in the wilds of Kerry? That's it. And uh, so I, I do a little broadcast every morning and a lot of people all over the world are listening into it now. And there was one woman whose granddaughter goes to school and she got the mother on and it's all connected up now. So I have the, um, the, 
the gig. <laughs> so it'll be lovely to, to, and it's so lovely, PJ, to be at home minding the goats. I know the politicians love going off, but it's so lovely to be at home minding the goats and being in New York at the same time. I just love technology. It's not just the goats, though, who are starring in a feature. You are too in London. In London, I'm. We're in London as well, PJ. <laughs> and um, what's going on with that so, one? Tell me more there. So during the summer, during the summer, now you see. Well, what happened was there was there was a German lad around um, doing some filming about South Kerry, and he called anyway. He heard of me and he heard of the goat, so he called anyway. And he had these beautiful, very tight white jeans on. And Grover the dog, who was, who was a spectacularly big lump of a, t- a creator of love, jumped up on him and destroyed his jeans. And that's la- the last we saw of the German and um, the producer. So I met John Kennedy a few years ago and doing different things like that. And I just said, you know, John you might be interested in making a documentary about me and the goats and stuff. And he, he was kind of thinking about it anyway. And he came down for a few days and it was just the time of the Queen of the Goats Festival, which I have here, mm. which is kind of, it's not really an alternative to puck, but it started because there was no puck during COVID. Mm-hmm. So um, all the goats are on Facebook. There's loads of followers. So we have a few contestants picked out. It's a bit like the Rose of Tralee. It's the goat of, of Port McGee. <laughs> and then you have people who are pushing one contestant, one goat, other than the others. And then everybody on Facebook votes. And you we, vote we for the goat. we crown the queen of the goats. <laughs> so we crown the queen of the goats for the year ahead then. And there's a bit of a ceremony, a bit of poetry, a bit of song, a bit of crack, a lovely meal afterwards. And John came down and filmed all that. But also there was people from Belfast. There was people from England came over for it. There was some people came down from Dublin. So he he got to chat to them as well about the the importance of the little broadcast in the morning with the goats. Well, you know what? You, You went down there a couple of years ago and you took yourself off the grid. I somehow think, Sean, you may have to rethink being off the grid if these goats continue to rise to stardom. Well, this is it. We'll have to we'll have to figure out some little some little tap. <laughs> but it is great, and as I say, it's lovely because it reminds me of um, Dolly Parton when Dolly Parton was asked how how long does it get how long does it take to do your hair, Dolly, and she said, I don't know. I'm never there. So I'm at home minding the goats, and we're going to be in New York, and we're going to be in London over the weekend, and I'm still at home going to bed in the mobile home. Marvelous, and you know what? Our politicians could take a leaf. Out of your book, I mean, Eamon. well, I think Eamon so. Ryan. Think Eamon Ryan's in China. That's a long cycle for Eamon, like. I know <laughs> it is, but I think there's a lot of there's a lot of um, uh, there's t- too many kind of you know what I mean. Too many people who are worried about the environment that do an awful lot of travelling to seminars and things like that to talk about the environment. I think more people actually have to live like I do. I'm not saying everyone, but mm. more people should live like me and not just talk about it. Sean, we'll leave it there. Thank you, Sean O'Leary. You'll find him on, on, on Facebook. Little videos in the morning are the cutest thing. 0818 96 96 96 on Gary Lineker. Anthony says, punditry on Sky Sports is better. Is he serious? Sky gets way more criticism for its punditry than the BBC, and rightly so. Neville and Carragher are a biased boarfest, says Anthony. You see... 
when you say biased, Anthony, what you actually mean is that you don't agree with them. Isn't that right? Ali Sherlock. My mom is crying out of happiness about her message to Brazil. Thank you. I'm an emotional mess here as well. Thanks a million. It meant so much. And uh, Paul says, Ali is an amazing talent. So natural, so moving. I remember about nine years ago going to collect my kids from their play school. When I walked in, they were all sitting around in a circle, mesmerized by this stunning voice and playing a guitar. It was Ali. She's only about nine or ten at the time. I'll never forget it. She was brilliant, says Paul. They were back on from Middleton to say that the Middleton Park Hotel has a kids' disco for St. Patrick's Day. Free entry for everyone, and it starts at three. Now, thousands of you have been glued into Love Island over the last few weeks. Now, I'm thick here. I only thought that Love Island was in the summer. But no, it's been happening over the last eight or nine weeks as well. The winter version... Fanula Jones is pop culture correspondent of the six o'clock show, and it's this is the winter version. One, I think, Fanula by Kai and Sanam. Yes, indeed, you are correct. Kai and Sanam were crowned winners last night. They had a very interesting story, I suppose. So Kai's been in it from the very start has been coupled up with several different gals. Uh, only met Sanam uh, at Casa Amor, which is the big house that they go into in the middle where they meet other people and they get a chance to recouple. So she actually hasn't been in it that long. She's only been in it four, maybe five weeks. Um, yeah, and ended up pipping all the rest of them to the post on winning. And someone dropped the L word. They were all dropping L words last night. This is the thing. So it's all about their declarations of love. So it's the moment where they get to do, you know, their poems and they get dressed up and it's kind of their last ditch attempt to prove to people at home that they are in love. But as you mentioned, uh, Tom and Sammy, who ended up coming in third, they finally dropped the L word with each other. Now it remains to be seen whether they'll stay together now that the show's over and how long the relationship will last. But um, yeah, there's a a good couple of solid couples leaving. So Ron and Lana, who came second, their boyfriend and girlfriend, and Shaq and Tani, who came fourth, they're also boyfriend and girlfriend now. But do these relationships last? I mean, this has gone on now for a few years. There are a few... Rela- do, do any genuine relationships come out of it, or is it just for the sake of the money? I mean, we've had a couple of marriages and babies, you know what I mean? Uh, there's been a couple of... Uh, several successful couples. The one that kind of springs to mind, and the one that people I think would be most familiar with would be Camilla and Jamie from season three. Uh, they're together, they have two kids together. <laughs> but look, they are in the minority, is the thing. And I think the thing with this winter Love Island, so this is the second winter iteration that they've done. And actually, the last winter iteration that they did, so the winners there are still together. Uh, so, But I think that was due to maybe there being less attention on them. That series uh, uh, was before the pandemic. So it, it kind of depends. Like, I don't think there'll be as much attention on these particular contestants. Even if you look at their, like, social media followings, they're much smaller in comparison to their summer counterparts. So maybe that will help them, you know. Maybe they'll have a bit more privacy in terms of their relationship. But, yeah, it all remains to be seen, PJ. All remains to be seen. It, it- takes thousands of people away from dinner, away from homework, away from family at night. <laughs> I know that in, my daughter is a big fan, particularly mm. of the summer one. I'm not too sure if she was watching yeah. this one. But literally, shut the door, get out, Love Island is on. What's, what's the fascination, do you think? It really is like appointment viewing television. Now, I think the difference between this iteration and the summer iteration, uh, as you said, 
with your daughter. Look, I'm not sure if as many people watched this winter duration this time around. I don't know if we need two Love Islands a year. And this is coming from someone who is like a massive super Love Island fan. But I just think the kind of enduring appeal of it is, look, there is that element of are they in there for love? Can people possibly find love? That's why I still watch. Like, I'm not cynical about it at all. Like, I love watching these really? people genuinely try and meet people and have relationships. Absolutely. You don't You don't think that it's all love. scripted and edited and, and fake and plastic? Of course. I do, of course I do, and there are elements where that's as clear as day. But look, like the marriages and the children speak for themselves. Like True. it does happen. It does um, happen but yeah. I think it is definitely a thing of you're watching these kind of band of strangers come together and in the most unusual of circumstances and try and work it out. And then there's obviously the prize money at the end. Yeah. Like, so then you're wondering who's competing for love, who's competing for the money. It's just like I find it endlessly fascinating. Do you think they'll continue with it in the summer? There was some doubt. I, I think the summer series is here to stay. So this upcoming summer series would be the 10th season of it. Um, the winter season, I'm not so sure. I know the viewership kind of wasn't on par with uh, past seasons. And I know even colloquially, like talking to people, I think a lot of people fell off in the middle and they weren't following it as mm. uh, intently as I was. Um, but there's rumours of an all-star series. So past contestants coming back and competing Ooh. for love. Again, potentially, maybe more money. Who I knows? could see catfights and scraps. Um, Imagine more Higgins back, you know what I mean? That's what we're talking about here. That's the kind of, that's the series I want back. I think, look, they've done Winter Love Island. I think it had some kind of moderate success. I don't think it was a bad series. Uh, I think it was an interesting series, but definitely doesn't live up to the to the highs of some of the past seasons. So I'd like to see them just continue with the summer. And yeah, maybe if they yeah. can give us an all-star season next year at Mora, I would love that. Fergal likes the idea of all-stars, all right. Uh, it would be so good. Can you imagine? They people, would be killing each other. You're dead right. People want to see them developing like characters in 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 a fictional show, the relationships 100%, and all of that. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. You'll be looking at bringing back the likes of who was it last? Was it Ekansu? Well, Ekansu and Davide are still together, so unless they break up, I I don't think they'd be going in, but who knows? I know if I was to pick a wish list, obviously I've mentioned Maura. Uh, Amber, I know the the year she won with Greg, I think she's in a relationship currently, uh, which would mean she couldn't go in. Uh, Chris Hughes, I think, would be a great addition. Kem from season three as well. Mm. There's a lot of people to to pick from. Like, as I said, you're going into the 10th season, so they're not short of people who'd probably do it, to be honest. Let's see where it goes. Good to talk to you. No doubt it'll continue in some shape or form. Fanula Jones, pop culture correspondent of the 6 o'clock show, Love Island, the winter version, is over. Confession time? I barely knew it was on, but they... Join the conversation! Text or WhatsApp 083-396-9696. This is The Opinion Live with PJ Coogan. Now, from Love Island, where people chasing each other around a villa, to Cheltenham, horses chasing each other around a course. It is the biggest show on turf. It all kicks off today. Joined live from the course by racing pundit and commentator Patrick McCarthy. Atmosphere building, Patrick. Morning. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, PJ. How are you? How I'm alright. I'm alright. You're over there in the flesh. We're here in the flesh, back in the flesh after COVID. It's, it's fantastic. Place, I did, just to give you a forecast to give you an idea because I know the forecast has been pretty bad at home. It's a beautiful, dry, crisp morning here in Sheltham, and I'm overlooking the hills 
uh, over Presbury Park, and it's a, a fantastic sight to behold. What is the traction of this huge festival? Even I, who doesn't know the back of a, ne- of a horse, I wouldn't know which end of a horse to bet on. Like, what's the attraction? For the layperson, PJ, this is the Olympics of horse racing, of jump racing. Everybody wants to win at Cheltenham. There's, there's four championship races every day. There's 12 grade ones during the week. There's so many big races to win for so many big trainers, but also for the small trainers. It's just such a big attraction. It doesn't matter whether you're the 60-metre the 60 or 100-metre sprinter or if you're the winner of the, the 3,000 metres. You know, everybody wants to be the winner at, at, at the Cheltenham races. It's all about the old enemy as well. A bit like the Viva Stadium will be on Saturday. This is a bit. This, yeah, is, this I, is all about the old enemy too. Yeah, well, yeah, it is. And, and, and to be fair, we're getting the upper hand over the old enemy at the moment. And we'll have the upper hand again this week, PJ. The Presbury Cup is the cup that uh, Ireland and the UK fight for every year and for the past four years Ireland have absolutely romped home each and every year this week is not going to be much different I've been predicting maybe an 18, 10, 19, 9 victory for the Irish this week it's that much of a landslide and that's how much of leaders we are in, in the world of horse racing in Ireland we are the number one breeder the number one race of race horses and we're so well known around the world when it comes to horse racing. Yes, it is one of the biggest festivals goes on. It was extended to four days, wasn't it, a few years ago. And how many people will come through? Like, what's this worth to the economy alone there in, in that part of Britain? Yeah, it's towards Cheltenham Town and the hinterland in around the town. It's in the region of worth 100 million sterling uh, to the town. And we're, and we're talking in the region of over a quarter of a million people will come through the gates here at Cheltenham over the four days. Now, are, there is a talk out there that uh, a fifth day might be introduced, but there's a lot, a lot of racing people who would be very much anti that. Uh, a fifth day, it would just draw it out too much and would water it down. The four days, in my opinion, most definitely, is plenty as far enough as we need to go. There's no point in trying to water on something. that Why, why break something that's working perfectly? Yeah. Now, I'm not allowed to get tips off you on the air. It's, that's not good no. practice anymore. But you'd be saying, Absolutely. watch the Irish. Watch, absolutely, yeah. And, and look, uh, today the Irish are going to get off to some great starts. We've got some, just talking from a Cork point of view, Cork jockeys who are going to be in the in the winner's enclosure, hopefully come the end of the week. The likes of Paul Townen, who's riding for William Mullins, could have three or four winners this week. A young guy who is only 21 years of age, turned professional at the start of the season, has rode two grade one winners for his new employer and Barry Connell. This guy's name is Michael O'Sullivan, really good guy from Lumbertstown. He's got a ride in the first called Marine National, a guy again to watch out for. Aidan Coleman from West Cork down the Inner Shannon side. He has a really couple of good rides this week uh, as well. Couple of horses to watch out for, of course. Look, I suppose the big story of the week would be if Honeysuckle, we all know about Honeysuckle, she won the last two champion hurdles, mm. PJ. She's running in her last race this afternoon in the Mayor's Hurdle at 410. If she did come off with a victory for Rachel Blackmore and for Henry de Bromhead, who was after having such a tough 12, son, uh, yeah. eight, 12 months after his son, you know, it would be a magical story if, uh, if she were to put her head in front this afternoon. There's a saying, Patrick, that the bookie always wins, do they? Not always the case, PJ. We'll see how many favourites win uh, during the week. But you know what? It's not about the betting, PJ. It's not about the money. It's about the crack, the enjoyment, 
and the atmosphere of the place. There'll be, as I've mentioned earlier on, quarter of a million people will come through the turnstiles. So many more around the world will be watching it. It's just a phenomenon every year. Well, yeah. And it's a, a, pre, a pre pilgrimage from so many Irish people. I'll have it on the telly myself this afternoon, even though I don't know the first thing about horse racing. It, it, there, there is a huge buzz uh, to it. Lastly, pint, a, a pint and a sandwich. What will it set me back? Well, as one as one guy said to me a couple of weeks ago, if you go to a petrol station, I don't know, would you get it for a tenner at this stage? But the points of Guinness, I'm told, over here, I'm told, are over seven pounds. Ah, that's eight euros. No. That's nearly dearer no, than Temple seven, Bar. Seven, yes, yes, seven pounds they're talking about for a pint of Guinness over here. I don't drink myself. So I'm not going to proclaim that, but that's what I've been told. So, All right, listen. Yeah. Have a good week. Enjoy. Uh, Patrick Mulcahy, racing pundit and commentator over in Cheltenham. If it's your thing, it's your thing. I don't have a cent on anything because I gave up doing that crack years ago because I don't know which end of the horse to bet on, to be perfectly honest with you. But if it's your thing, it's your thing. And that's it. Oh, huge love in the room. I don't have time to read the messages. I will get to them though before the week is out because he was a much, much loved man the late uh, Canon Murphy. I'll, I'll mop up some of those messages for you tomorrow. Programme edited by Imra Hay, produced and researched by Fergal Barry. That's it. See you in the morning just after nine. Join the conversation. This is the Opinion Line. With the Cork City Marathon. Take on your next challenge this June by running solo or with a team. Register at Cork City Marathon.ie. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.